0: What's up everybody, Vice here, Um, real quick note about this particular episode, so I was recording the conversation with Matt and unfortunately I had gotten a phone call right in the middle of the session, so there's a second part there that kind of cuts off in the middle of the conversation and unfortunately I got distracted by the phone call and we didn't pick up where that core part of the conversation uh, left off, I don't even think he finished his thought realistically after that, so yeah sorry about that, I'm gonna try to make sure to to be better about that in the future. But yeah, that's why there's a little bit of a cut in between certain parts of the episode. I uh, just got a phone call. I messed everything up. But overall, hopefully I, it still didn't negatively impact the overall quality of the show. And I hope everyone still enjoys. What's up, everybody? Vice is back again, and you are tuning in to another brand new episode of Rider's Block. I hope everyone enjoyed the last two episodes that I put out, where I had a chit chat with my good buddy and former drummer Gabe. We're gonna keep that trend going of past members today, where I sit down and I have a conversation with the OG Fireglass guy, Mr. Fearless Leader, um, my uh, my bass player Matt, the one member of the band who never had a stage name that stuck. Um, I was really excited to be able to get to talk to Matt. He wasn't one of my originally planned guests. Um, but we were able to make something happen, and I was able to get his take on a lot of the shows that we played. Um, you know, a lot of the interpersonal conflict within the band, um, the overall progression of the band, and everything. And um, and it was a really fun chat. You know, it was really good. Doing this podcast has really helped me reconnect with people that I haven't spoken to in a while. So that's always awesome. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my good friend Matt. Sit back, relax, and keep it right here on Riders Block. Everything you believe that must be true And cut you with a shadow Mirror pain Is all that is your name You're running from your shame Hiding inside another bottle
1: Alright
0: everybody Vice is here again for another episode of Writer's Block. My guest today is another one of my good friends and former band members, uh, Matt, the bassist from Fireglass. Say hi, Matt. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Matt is the OG Fireglass dude. He was the one. He was the leader. Of the band, and he interviewed the shit out of me when I joined. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: and he's the one guy who had a stage name that never actually stuck. Well, it's not true actually. Me and Break were the only ones who had stage names that stuck.
2: Yeah, well, CJ stuck pretty good. Uh, Gabe's didn't really stick until later on. Yeah, and then mine was just Matt. Yeah. So <laughs> you, what, what, what did we, what did we try? It was. It started off a lunatic, and then that didn't stick out. Because breaks like, nah, no, you're not a lunatic. I was like, I am on stage. <laughs> but... Um, and then it just became mad. Because yeah. I, I
0: remember whenever we would do like pauses in between songs and stuff on the sets that we introduce everyone and we're just like we're using everybody's name you know havoc cj slade break vice and then you know we're like we amp it up you know and then we're just like and this guy over here
2: matt <laughs> just matt yeah i think scarlett from pyro's like it's just matt <laughs> <I> probably honestly <laughs> so that, that kind familiar. of stuck more than anything like just matt i'm like all right cool
0: <laughs> thanks scarlett <laughs> so how, how's uh how's everything been man it's been a while since we've actually hung out and yeah, stuff. Yeah,
2: it's, it's been rough, man. Uh, the past couple years kind of sucked because uh, when- of COVID, doors shutting on everybody. Oh, yeah, dude, COVID screwed up everything. Yeah, and then uh, we kind of got everything rolling coming outside of COVID, and then I had some personal shit come up, and they just that was like a slap in the face and then yeah i went silent for like a whole year from everybody so it's just like all right
0: that's understandable so, you got to take
2: a moment away from everything yeah but now it's it's starting up and going it's a lot better um like just life in general starting to yeah better direction weight off my shoulders and yeah it's just that's like, good man moving so
0: <laughs> so where where are you musically these days i know you and i know that you, so you're not just gonna With Fireglass being silent for a little while now, what are, what project or projects are you working on now?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, For musically, Fireglass is, we're still continuing. It's just, we're obviously, our vocalist now is kind of going through a rough time. So we have to wait till probably the end of December to get everything up and moving again. Mm -hmm. So we'll hopefully, hopefully have some new music by next year. (laughs) Uh... I jumped in with Deadwin, um, Ashley, she's pregnant, so she can't perform any shows. So Ray hit me up about doing some shows with them. And Mm -hmm. so I had to lock myself in a room for four hours and learn all their material. (laughs) And man, Ashley can play, dude. Like, listening to the music and I'm like, yeah, I'm cutting this out, I'm cutting this out. (laughs) Like, she's a beast, but I was like, I can't do all of that, like, I am solo. So like, (laughs) I'm in the pocket for good. But, uh, they actually asked me to jump on full-time with them. They want to do a, a dual bass player type deal. Cause Ashley's more of like the lead noodler type bass playing, like a less clay pool. Okay. So deal. they're going to have
0: a lead bassist and a rhythm bassist. Yeah.
2: I'm the, I'm the little guy. She's the big guy. <laughs> so like, um, so we're working on that, seeing how that's going to sound and mm-hmm. everything. So, uh. I'm kind of excited for it cuz I've never done a dual bass part before. That is very interesting. So, yeah. Some people say it's redundant, but I'm just like, eh, we'll see how it sounds. <laughs> I mean,
0: uh I, I can kind of see the redundancy to it, but I mean, if you guys make it work, fucking make it work, man. Yeah. It's 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 different for sure. And I think that anything anything that's different, especially
2: nowadays, you know, yeah. anything that's different is really going to make people like remember you is definitely going to help. Right, most definitely. So other than that we got that going on the only thing with Devin right now if we go on the road or something Ashley obviously can't tour at the moment so yeah. I'm filling in a lot of the the big spots like I'm not gonna be doing what she's doing but yeah <laughs> I'll make it sound good <laughs> so, and then uh I jumped on with uh, A Liar Like You uh their bass player ended up uh I think went to the army mm-hmm. full time so uh John reached out to me and asked me to jump on. And so I was only supposed to fill in for a couple shows and that kind of brought me back to my old roots. Mm-hmm. From starting off bass playing with punk music and everything else. So yeah. I wanted to, told him like, I was like, I'll do it, man. I'll jump on. Let's go. And They're like, well, we know you're with fire glasses. Like, I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> so we got that up and moving. And then John ended up taking a job out in Illinois and it was a job he couldn't really refuse. So uh, we all understood. So he's in the process of finishing up his studio, tracking some music. He's going to be sending it down to us and we're going to start learning them. So hopefully by January, February time, the band will get back together and uh, start getting ready to head out to the Midwest and go do a tour out there. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, for the fourth project, <laughs> uh, me and Steve Meza from Exodream got together. Me and him were talking for almost a good year last year about getting something put together. Uh, cause I offered him to come into Fireglass, join with A Liar Like You, cause we didn't know what the status was on A Liar Like You's drummer, on mm-hmm. um, who they wanted to use. And I think they got Berkey, I think his name is from Friends in Hell, mm-hmm. uh, jumped on board so, but uh, me and Steve were talking and I was like, screw it man, let's just do something. Like something out of the element, it doesn't have to be like Exedrine, Fireglass. So we got two members out of town. Uh, We got Halen, that's out of Goodyear. He's a guitar player. And then we got Ryan from, uh, excuse me, from Sedona. And he's coming down, we practice like once a weekend or lately we haven't gotten together because everybody's schedule's just been all over the place. (laughs) But we got that in the mix and I mean, we tracked our first, well, didn't track the first song, but we rough recorded it on our phones. (laughs) <laughs> so, sounds pretty cool, like a garage yeah. game, <laughs> but it sounds okay. Nice. So, but we got that going, um, and then, yeah, just whatever opportunity, Sarah, my manager, uh, offered me to probably go to the UK playing bass for another band, mm-hmm. so I'm just waiting on that right now. So, if an opportunity comes up, dude, I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. That'd be a great so, opportunity, man. Yeah. Just to go say, I went to the UK. Like, yeah. I went to go, uh, what do they call it? Like, I don't know what they call their beer over there, but, you know, like, uh, have some brew or something. Go hang out at the pubs and all that shit. Yeah. Ask somebody for a fag and like, I don't smoke, <laughs> but, you know, you got a fag. Just so you, Yeah. Just so you could say it. <laughs> yeah. So, that'd be awesome. But... Yeah, I've got plenty of opportunities just waiting. I've just been working like a dog at the mine and like... So you work at the mine
0: and you have, you know, up to four projects going. Yeah. And then you have the, your new business venture too.
2: Yeah, two business ventures. Um, so obviously Fireglass, we had Fireglass Productions that was under me. Um, I actually brought that to light now. So I got Andrew Schilberg doing sound. I got Dan Walker. He does sound as well and um, he does a lot of the contract stuff for us mm-hmm. and then uh, I got Ray from Deadwind he's a promoter for Fireglass Productions so anytime we put on a show or now hopefully Xmas Bash when that comes around December 10th yeah we're gonna be blasting it like crazy and getting it going and then we're gonna try to break into Sierra Vista mm-hmm. get that going and then uh, me and Ray started in an embroidery shop and a screen printer. We just got the screen printer in and uh, it's called T-Town Graphics with an X. So that has been picking up pretty good slowly, but I mean, I sold 10 hats to my dentist because <laughs> <So, laughs> I was there talking about it, showed him pictures. And next thing you know, I get a phone call saying, Hey, I want 10 hats. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so it's been slowly picking up and business has been pretty decent we don't have to pay anything out of pocket for the machine now Mm -hmm. every money every dime we make it's none of us get paid it's just like all right throw back in the machine yeah get it paid off (laughs) those machines cost a pretty penny don't they yeah i'm like 50 grand in debt right now So, but it's cool. It's it's cool. Next year, hopefully. <laughs> you gotta spend money to make money, man. Oh, I know that. Man. But
0: <laughs> with, with everything that you have going on, these you these two businesses, you're working full time, and you have four different projects. Where do you find time to shit?
2: Before I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Right when I get back to my house, I'm like, okay, I've been holding it. I'm just going <laughs> to drop this now. <laughs> There's so You have so much going on, dude. That is insane. Yeah, and the Army, doing the Army Reserves. Yes, still. right. You're in the Army I, still, too. Yeah, I just went back into that, kind of get my head on straight, get mm-hmm.
1: my
2: life back on track, I guess, would be the best way to say it. And, yeah. But, yeah, dealing with that and and trying to uphold a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's... Pretty busy. And, that is and, insane. And I mean, the the girl I'm with now, she's got two jobs. and oh, Okay. So we're constantly busy. She's part of the business as well for the T-Town Graphics. but mm-hmm. she handles the books and makes sure we're not overspending or we get yelled at. We so. <laughs> <laughs> <You> get scolded. <laughs> so, but other than that, we're just... I mean, it's just like one day at a time, dude. Yeah. Eventually, one day, like I could say I can quit my job and just like <laughs> screw it. <laughs> and actually, focus on one of these other fun things you got. Yeah. Hopefully, get the tour. Yeah. So.
0: All right. Well, let's let's talk Fireglass here, because like you, you were the original dude of the band. Yeah. You're the 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 longest running, I guess, original member. Yeah. Of Fireglass. So how when did Fireglass
2: start? How did it come to be? Um, So, back in 2012, me and Jeff Frankie were in a band called Fate Fell Short. Mm-hmm. That band obviously fell apart. Erami's um, just moved to Tucson, and uh, he was in uh, our buddy Keith Meenan's band. Well, they decided to pick up and go to, I think, Kansas City, Missouri? Or is it Kansas City, Kansas? I can't remember. But they ended up moving out there. Mm-hmm. And then uh Aramis stayed here. Mm-hmm. So me and Jeff approached Aramie's about, I think it was October 2012. Mm-hmm. So almost like 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, talked it over. We started working on the music that we have from Faith Fell Shore, kind of twisted everything around, remade everything. Uh, and then probably Fireglass came about 2013 in January. We ended up picking up um, Taylor Davis as a guitar player
1: Mm -hmm.
2: as a second guitar player I should say and uh, it just clicked and everybody just started hitting it pretty good and then for a year straight we played nothing but Tucson and uh, Hermes we had well before Hermes was drumming vocalist we had a drummer and man this dude was horrible
0: so you had a drummer before yeah oh okay i didn't yeah. know that so
2: we had a drummer before i'm not going to mention his name because if he does listen to your podcast i'll probably get a message like you dick <laughs> but, uh, fair enough uh this dude it was sad man because you know being a bass player you you have to follow the drummer yeah and usually when the drummer messes up the bass player messes up oh yeah so this dude we would uh have this song i think it was called dream it was like easy three note song man it was we would record every practice and this dude will destroy the song and i look in the camera you just see my face beat ass red because i was just so pissed i was like <laughs> how can you mess this song up dude but we tried getting him to play with the click. We were trying to work with them, and he was like, I got the click in my head, I don't need a click, this and that, and he would just destroy every song. Oh, God. And we played one show with them, and that was it. And we are just like, okay, you're done. And we met up for practice, like, dude, just pack your stuff and go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Hermes, uh at the time before Taylor came in, was like, well, I'll play drums. And we were like, dude, you're the vocalist. He's like, cool, man, let's get a Britney Spears headset. Don't worry about it. And like, okay. <laughs> So we ended up running with that. Taylor came in, and then we had our first single, um, Hold Me In. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty big one when Fireglass Glass very first came out. And we were kind of like a power metal
0: band. And yeah, he, Aramis very much had like the 80s power metal style yeah, of vocals.
2: Yeah, his vocal ranges is just ridiculous. Oh uh, yeah, he was a great singer. Yeah, he just couldn't sing low. That was mm-hmm. his only thing. And I remember him having me trying to do wrong and i was doing a backup and every time i was doing it like i would hit the low parts good as soon as i tried to go high it cracked every time i stayed <laughs> dude i was just like we got fucking shit <laughs> but um yeah we ended up doing that uh for a whole year and then jeff's wife ended up getting pregnant so he ended up stepping away from the band because of it mm-hmm. and we understood and um We just kind of moved on as a three piece for two and a half years and we did pretty well made pretty good names for ourselves. And then I think around 2015, we did our first tour and then right before two weeks before the tour, Taylor ended up leaving the band um, because it was like a argument, which bands never do, right? Like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then Taylor ended up like, no. And he's the one that like booked most of the tour.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're just like, we're going out to the Midwest. And it was our first actual tour. And uh, he ended up leaving. And we ended up picking up a guy named Axel that mm-hmm. played in A Liar Like You. Yeah, and I know Axel. Like, yeah. So <laughs> this dude learned our music because he wasn't working. And uh, I think I reached out to Ben from Pyro. And asked him about Rudy and if they know anybody that can do it and he's like, Oh, I got Axel. Mm-hmm. Like him and Axel were on bad terms. Oh, okay. So I was like, Well just give me his number, dude, and I'll call. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so I called him and uh, Axel accepted and dude I give the dude props within two weeks, man, he learned like twelve songs. And he played everything in drop C and at the time we were tuned to drop D. And oh, okay. We're like, hey bro, we're in D. He's like, No, I'll learn it in C. Jeez. And he did. He's a phenomenal guitar player, dude but uh we were trying to keep him as a guitarist he ended up nah i can't do it and and then i uh, mean ernie sat down and talked one day and i think gabe yeah right before we did the tour in 2015 gabe came in he uh, told
0: me about that he said uh, that he ended up encountering you guys out in california
2: yeah yeah we uh did the whiskey a go-go show yeah and uh Aramie's told me he's like hey this man's from tucson arizona I was like, I don't know who these guys are. They're like prog metal. like a yeah, I don't know who they are. I don't listen to <laughs> prog, bro. I was like, I respect it, I just don't listen to it. Yeah. I get bored really quick. And uh so we ended up meeting up with them, we sat down and talked to him. I didn't really talk to Gabe much when we were at Whiskey go Gogo because mm-hmm. at the time Gabe kinda like he kinda looked like an asshole. So, he had that look like, dude, I'm just going to punch you in the face type deal. That was just his face, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why so, we kept him behind <laughs> the kid. So nobody could see it. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, the rest of the band was cool, like, but I think he was just kind of, like, focusing on what he had to do that night. So, maybe it just made me think, like, ah, oh, you're a dick. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but he was cool, man. And then, um, we got back from that all the shows that we were doing out in California because we did Rock the Boat Festival shortly after we did, uh... What was it um the whiskey a go-go and then we came back it was like two weeks in a row we just mm-hmm. went to cali came back oh we gotta go back again and then uh and at the time cj was like our roadie slash light guy for us okay and then um we got back and then that's when we we're before the tour and then that's when taylor left we got axel in and then gabe came back or showed showed back up to Tucson three or four weeks before we were getting ready to go on tour and we asked him to drum for us so Airman could come out mm-hmm. and he accepted right away and we're just like alright cool because as soon as he found out we were touring he's like oh way better than my last band yeah, yeah. and I was like alright well cool whatever man and then uh, took him on tour we had a blast and then uh, well there was one night that was a night that scared Gabe <laughs> so we're in Cincinnati and me and Aramis like almost had it out hmm like I just seen red and like Gabe is standing in between us and he's like you know I'm standing in front of a six foot two Brazilian dude and then I'm in, next to a guy that's military trained and I'm like just seeing red like I'm gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> so he was trying to break that up and then I had to walk away for like an hour and a half but that got all cleared up and then came back and then we started looking for the guitar player and we had one guy play with us man he thought he was top shit, mm-hmm. and the show went to his head and everything and then we're just like all right dude this is and then me and aramis sat for like two days like pondering who can we have come in to play
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh i think aramis was the one that mentioned it to me he's like what about cj and i was like all right and he's like but he's 16 i was like i don't care <laughs> i was like if he can play dude and his parents allow him to go out and do stuff at the time like we're, bring him on board yeah and he's all like okay so we ended up sending cj the music and we're like here's cj learn it do whatever you want to do with it because i had faith in him and then when we had him come into audition gabe seen him he's like i don't know man like what do you think and i just looked down i was like bro that my back be and i like walked away and he's like what and as soon as CJ played, he's like, Yeah, I'm in. Like, <laughs> 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 so that kind of like started. And then when uh, Aramis ended up leaving the band, like from what you and Gabe talked about, there was we were cool about it. Like, yeah, we did cry. It was one of those things, man, like you're losing a, a friend, a brother. Yeah, and we understood the situation. And then when we found out. Like he said, like. That he
0: left and then had started, like, yeah, another project? Literally,
2: two weeks later, he's like, I'm taking time off. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, dude, we had so much anger yeah. and hatred towards him, dude. Like, and, I remember like, that. Yeah. And, and Marshmallow Pig, that's when we changed the lyrics on it. Um, it was towards him. We're just like, yeah, 80s look. Really yeah. Fresh look. Yeah, however the lyrics went. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. Because we caught word that he made a song towards us, mm-hmm. well, me, Gabe, and CJ uh, from that other band, mm-hmm. and Gabe caught it and told us, like, hey, you wrote this song towards us. And I was like, nah, fuck it, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's when Marshall Pig came alive, and then yeah, it's pretty much it, and then yeah, just, dude, the history, it just goes on oh, no. down. Like, but there's a lot of members I won't mention (laughs) because I mean, there's I think two or three of them that came in and like tried to do stuff. And I mean, I don't think it's worth mentioning. (laughs) Yeah. So, but when it came up to you, cause like you said in the last interview with Gabe, I grilled you.
0: You did so Uh, hard,
2: man. Dude, (laughs) when Hermes left the band, we had people coming in auditioning auditioning There was one guy that was pretty close he was a grunge type style and we could have worked with him but we're just he couldn't remember the lyrics and we're just like bro we gave you three weeks Something was it that, like that really
0: really old guy Gabe no, talked about not johnny rocket no okay uh,
2: that dude actually it was funny because he would mess up all of our songs in practice and then we went out to california with pyrotechnica and uh we were in the truck and johnny i think went out to go smoke or something i looked at gabe i was like he has this show if he messes up any of our songs he's done Mm -hmm. and he's all like okay And we're all like oh thank god and then this dude is crazy man like we show up and you know how we plan towards like hey bring extra money just in case yeah yeah dude had no money or like hey man you bring extra oh i brought a sandwich And me and CJ look at each other like, you brought a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) For going eight hours away from home, you brought a sandwich. (laughs) And he's all like, yeah. Or like, whatever, dude. He didn't. Okay. (laughs) So we ended up doing that. And then, dude, after the show, we all get back to the hotel room. This guy stunk so bad. And we're like, no, nah. we pulled out the pullout bed. you are like, you're sleeping in that. No one wanted to share a bed with them or anything. Because <laughs> you know how bands are we're like, get a hotel, share a bed. Who cares? Oh, yeah. So, and uh, the next morning, this dude gets up, gets ready, heads down, goes, has breakfast at the hotel, comes back up, and we're all looking at each other. We're like, dude, you're going to go shower? Oh, no, I'm good. No, get your ass in the shower, dude. You're not getting in my truck. That's the, <laughs> Dude, that's nasty. <laughs> yeah so it took cj because i didn't like the guy mm-hmm. and if i would have said something i would have left his ass in l.a so but uh and like he gave was like oh yeah he smokes in my truck and all that and as yeah. soon as he got in my truck can i smoke nope <laughs> <You know? laughs> so um but there was that guy and then we ended up letting him go because after that set he hit all of our songs and i'm like here we go. And then uh then the song it was marshmallow pig originally, but he wrote it something else. Mm-hmm. Just came in too early, forgot the lyrics, everything on stage was the last song of the night, and we all just looked at each other and we're just like, done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so and he he knew it as soon as he got down off stage, he walked out and I think he walked up to Gabe. He's like, I'm done, huh? And Gabe's like, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then uh, we had other vocalists come in and out, man. It was irritating because you get all these people that I've learned from the music scene in Tucson. They're like, I'm going to be big. I'm going to do this. I'm yeah, do that. And then when you put it all on the line and show them, hey, we're a touring man. We do this. We do that. Oh, I can't do that. I was like, then you're wasting my time, dude. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but when Gabe sent me your stuff, I think I was in Mesa working for Empire, and he sent me the some rough copies, and I was like, "Dude, I dig it. Like the cleans need a little work, but I'm cool with it. Give me his number." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "All right, cool." And he like sent it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just tell him I'll call him in like the next like 10, 15 minutes." Literally five minutes later, hey. <laughs> yeah, I
0: remember. So Gabe told me that you were gonna call me because I'd been, I'd had like email co- uh, correspondence with him. And, like, when, when we were talking with him, it no idea how he found out about me. Yeah. I don't know who posted anything about me looking for a band. Somebody on Facebook did. Right. Um. And I talked to him for a few days, and I had some rough recordings that I had done for other bands that I was trying out for, you know, to be a vocalist. And I, there was, like, A Mice and Men and Five Finger Death Punch and A Day to Remember and stuff. Yeah. Just anything to kind of, like... The bands that I tried out for wanted a specific kind of sound or to see if I can get as close to it mm-hmm. So that was what doing like with doing of mice and men uh, the song that I had sent Gabe was a, a recording of me doing a song called broken bones and i never really listened to a mice and men before but they wanted something like that between like the clean and The screaming vocals so I had to I had to do that one and then I did death punch and I had a day to remember and stuff and I was sending all these recordings at Gabe and after a few days, he told me, he's like, all right, my bass player is going to give you a call. He's like the leader. He's the he's he's the big boss of the band. So ultimately, and he say, as far as anything is going to come down to him. So he told me you were going to call me. I gave him the OK to, to give you my number. And I thought I was going to hear from you in like a day or two. And then five minutes later, my <laughs> phone is ringing. I was like, oh, shit, it's now. <laughs> and that was the Yo. first time that I fucking that I talked to you.
2: Yeah, yeah, dude. It's just I remember that to the T because. Uh, when Gabe told me about it and I heard the vocals, I was like, dude, this sounds like a day to remember. And he's all like, yeah, I'm like, dude, that's perfect. And then uh, that's when I called. I was like, yeah, man, just tell me about yourself, like nonchalant, like, all right. And you're like, yeah, i done this, i done that. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, this is what we got going on. And I just fucking hit you with it, like, and... Yeah, flat out. It was like brutal, but at the same time I was honest. I was like, dude, if you can't handle this, I don't want you.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. It was it was necessary, like for sure, man. It was just, it was so just like straight out the gate, like we got this, this, and this going on. We have these shows lined up. We're going to be going on tour.
2: Can you hang?
0: And I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into here?
2: Yeah, man, because like once I got that first taste of touring, I was just like, dude, I want to do this. Cause yeah and gabe was on board uh cj before he did any major tours with us he would go with us to el paso and back all the time Mm -hmm. as a light guy and roadie and all that stuff and he enjoyed it but and obviously when we all got older he's like it's just like a big party bro we just show up and get drunk and play music i was like yeah pretty pretty much much, yeah (laughs) that's yeah that's how touring went for us so but yeah like going back to that it was just like one of those things like i wanted to make sure everybody was on board and ready to go and then it went from, hey, we're going to try you out in two weeks to, hey, we're going to be a week. Oh, dude, we're going to have you coming this week. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what the
1: fuck? I had days. Like, I had
2: plenty of time to
0: learn these existing songs that you guys had. And then the the time window kept getting smaller and smaller. And I think I came in only knowing two songs. Yeah. There's if You Knew and One Other One. I can't remember what it was. I think it was Hold Me In. Dude. I think that might have been it. But yeah. I, I remember, I just,
2: I remember If You Knew very well. Yeah, because I think, Deadweight was uh Relinquished Nest. I think yeah. that's the one you're having the issues with. And then in the middle of that audition, I was like, Well, do you have an idea for that song? And you're like, Yeah, I was like, then do it. Mm-hmm. Like, because we knew the music was gonna change, we knew all the dynamics of it, we were gonna down tune anyways, and yeah, because we were so used to playing in drop D that to match Amy's vocals. We were like, well, we got a new guy in here. We're not going to expect him to sing as high as Erami's because I can't even do it, dude. Man. Yeah, no, his
0: vocals, that's like <laughs> 80s power metal stuff right there. Yeah. And unless I put on leather pants and grab my nuts, like <laughs>
2: I can't hit those high Just notes. vice grips and yeah. like,
0: oh! <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's the only way I can hit that high note. Yeah, so, but like, we were like, screw it. And then when you did that, because um, in the middle of that practice, me and CJ noticed it right away. We were like, all right. And I think you were talking to Gabe, and me and CJ were negotiating in the back of the shed. We're like, "Well, what do you think?" And CJ finally says, "Like, yeah, dude, he's trainable. We can work with him." And that's when I just turned and looked at Gabe, and I was like, what do you think? He's like, you already know my answer. And I was like, all right, dude, you got the gig. <laughs> and he's like, you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, one one audition? All right, Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it was the one time. I thought it was going to be
0: like, I'm going to sing these two songs, I'll do a little bit of screaming, and then I'll hear from you in like three to five
2: weeks. And nah. then that, that was the one thing, the one practice that was there, and then that was just, that was it, man. Yeah, dude, we were just so tired of Trying to find people when you gave me, like, yeah, I can tour, I can do this, I do have a kid on the way. And I'm like, all right, well, that was like the major question is it gonna affect you on touring? You're like, no, just give me the time. I was like, done deal, dude. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. And and from there, then we just started going, what's done is done. And I think Determined was the first two we did with you and Break. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then it just blossomed from there. And then we just started hitting shit off left and right. So, and
1: then
0: get all trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that.
2: That's definitely a topic I want to discuss. So, what...
0: With the the earlier shows that we had played, when we played at, uh, at Club XS and at The Rock and stuff, because when... When I came into the band, the initial idea was it was going to be the four of us, and then we were going to have Break as, like, a feature guy.
2: Yeah.
0: And then it came time, like, as we got closer to that first show, as we were writing songs, we were writing, like, What's Done is Done, and we had... Because he had two songs that were going to have him. Yeah. And it was Determined and... uh Afraid And Afraid of the Dark. And then we had What's Done is Done, and then we were still doing older songs. There was two older songs. I think it was still if you knew it first, or no, yeah. we switched out one for Showtime, which became a song called Rise. Yeah. And, Cause that was the opener. Cause you guys had this little intro thing that led into the first song and, but it was supposed to be just us. And then break was going to be a feature dude. And then right before the first show, when we had the set solid was when we had decided, um, you know, we're going to play this first show and we're going to see how, <coughs> how the crowd reacts to, to break And if the crowd Was cool with him Then we were gonna s- Go in a more New metal Kind of direction Yeah But what What do you remember About Like about those first First couple of shows Cause like I told Gabe Cause Gabe brought up Rise Yeah, And I did not remember that song
2: (laughs) at all. I had to find a video on
0: YouTube after the fact (laughs) and watch it to remember it, man. And I
2: still barely remember it. Dude, you and me both, man. I can't even remember how to play that damn song, dude. Yeah, I remember very little about it. So with Break, it was crazy because I met Break at Empire. Hmm. He was working as a temp in parts. And uh, before we went on tour in 2015, the Paramese, he was supposed to be. We we're gonna track "Afraid of the Dark" with them, and do all this stuff with them. And then uh, when Airmy's left, when we got back from the tour, we lost contact with Break. Mm-hmm. Well, I did because he ended up leaving Empire, and then uh, trying to struggle to find the vocalists and everything. Uh, I brought up to CJ and uh, Gabe. I was like, "Well, let's you guys down with the rapper." Because I ended up talking to a guy at work, and he's like, "Dude, I got because Break's name is Daniel, but." Uh, mm-hmm. I was like yo you got Break's number he's like Break I was like Daniel I don't know man I'm so used to calling him Break <laughs> and he's all like yeah, yeah yeah so he gives me his number I hit him up I was like hey man I got this band we lost the vocalist Uh do you want to do it and he's all like well I don't sing I was like well let's give it a shot as soon as he sang we're like yeah dude just stick with rapping like that's how <laughs> yeah Gabe told me a story about a
0: show where Break sang
2: <laughs> yeah it was, it was he did it in LA with us with Johnny Rocky and then um but yeah like I think over the time now I I heard him singing this past show that he did with Icebox and he's actually getting a lot better at it but um for he'll tell you straight up he's not a vocalist yeah and it shows like he can do he can rap all day put on a stage performance but when it comes to singing he can't do it yeah so we had him do it and then when we brought you in uh, we noticed break was having issues showing up to practice and everything else because we're like how are we going to work you in dude if we can't get you here to rehearsal yeah and uh that show i think that's when we all came to agreement it's like okay if he doesn't do well and everything else then he's done we'll have to cut him loose and then uh he's like yeah dude i've been practicing don't worry about it and mm-hmm. he was gonna do what's done and it's done with us i was like no dude like you're gonna stay off for that yeah group. we had just those two that he would come on for and then yeah. the other three were just us so he was cool about it and then um as soon as we played that show and we got off stage like everybody rushed me and they're like yo we fucking love what you guys are doing i'm like okay and like so the rapper and i'm like what about him <laughs> and They're like is he permanent i was like what'd you think of him and they're like oh we fucking loved him and i'm like yeah he's permanent <laughs> <laughs> so and then it was like off from there that's when we decided like hey let's do the rapping you guys have to switch off somehow yeah and then um like i stayed out of vocals dude i just did the instrumental part so because half the time i didn't even know what the hell you guys were saying <laughs> so <laughs> but because i'm always listening to gabe or cj yeah and everybody's Gabe's like i hear everything i was like that's nice because all i hear is your fucking drums <laughs> Uh, But, and then, yeah, just from there, man, it just started picking up, and we were were probably the first rap metal band in town before Lethal Injection came up. Did they come up after us? They did, because their rascal, uh, he didn't know about us at the time, but... We did the first couple shows and people started talking about us. And I think Jonathan Russell and Rascal were already talking about doing a project. Oh, okay. And then that's when Lethal Injection was born. And then they just took the city like nothing. Oh, yeah. Lethal Injection (laughs) took the place by storm. Yeah. So we were coming up. We were about to take it. And then they took it. (laughs) 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 But I got mad love for them, though, because... I mean, Rascal's always been good to us. Oh, yeah, Rascal was great with us. I've
0: never had a bad experience any of the times that
2: we played with Lethal. Nah, like, I love playing with him. Oh, yeah, it was a great time. And Rascal tried to steal me to play bass for him, and I agreed. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. But, you know, Fireglass is my baby, dude. Yeah. He's like, no problem. Just as long as we are on the road, it don't, you know, fuck up anybody's schedule. And I was like, down. But, like, Gabe, I never got a call back. (laughs) So I was like, all right. I was like, obviously, they got it worked out. Cool. Like, I don't have yeah. to stress about it. There you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, and the earlier shows just as growing, man, from Club Access and then becoming a promoter, learning how to do all that. So, we had successful shows and everything. It was quite a learning experience. <laughs> yeah. Because
0: <laughs> so. we, we did a lot, we played shows <clears throat> constantly, just between being here in town we went up to Phoenix all the time yeah. and then eventually started traveling out to like San Diego and stuff. Um, what, what was, what's your, what's your opinion on just how, I guess how rapidly we started to like take off. Cause it, it feels to me that like we started, we played those first few shows, like even before we put what's done is done. Like what's done is done. When we, when we released that song, that song took us to like a whole nother level. Yeah. But We I I feel like we picked up steam so quickly once we had everything solidified between the five of us. Yeah, like it was crazy to go from, and again, just mostly because it was an environment that I was never, I was never used to. You know, of all the different bands that I had played in leading up to Fireglass, like we never, we never achieved anywhere near the same level of like success or notoriety that Fireglass did. Yeah. So what's what's do you feel that we almost did the whole lightning in a bottle thing and we just we kind of hit the ground running
2: yeah i think um once the first couple songs that we wrote what's done is done determined um once those songs came out man we just it was like us full sprint Mm -hmm. and we were getting calls left and right well i was getting calls left and right about shows and everything else and i mean it was a great feeling it was just like dude this is awesome like all the other bands I've ever played and never got this recognition. Yeah. Besides, like, my high school band in Texas. We were one of the top two bands out of Wichita Falls for punk rock.
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: uh, Well, i will probably say top five, I should say. <laughs> but, um... Because, yeah, there's so many good bands out there. But, um... Yeah, once Tucson started recognizing us and uh, me, Hermes, and Taylor did a lot of footwork in Phoenix. So we had the name. and But also it was a lot of kissing ass to get back up in the Phoenix because Hermes at the time was so angry with, I think life in general. Mm-hmm. He kinda, he had that shield in front of him where he wasn't seeing the damage he was doing. Mm-hmm. And it caused us to almost lose a lot of venues. Okay. And I had to actually, when he left the band, I had to call and as soon as Fireglass name came up, it was like, oh, this I was like, no, 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 like we don't have that front man anymore. It's a completely different band and it took my end to do a lot of ass kissing to get the shows back up there and then once we landed those shows and people seen who we were (coughs) that's when the hype for us to come back got bigger and then obviously even if we opened up a show up there we always had one of the biggest crowds oh yeah i loved it and it was just like i want this all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it just it went from we were crawling to jogging to as soon as you and Bray came in, we were fucking sprinting. Mm -hmm. And we just started because Tommy Gibbons was a big part of that. Like, he promoted us as well um, to... We yeah, had when Rascal found out who we were, because I had to like weasel my way into Rascal's Facebook and like send him videos of us playing and he's like, You got a rapper. I was like, I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> and that kind of helped boost us quite a bit because Rascal oh, yeah. has that such big following. Oh
0: yeah, he does. We did we did a lot. Like the the shows that we did with Rascal and everything, like I feel like definitely uh it definitely helped our trajectory.
2: Yeah. By far, cause like with his what he did for us to help us out and then there's a lot of trial trial and error on my end like falling on my face and okay picking up what do i need to do differently yeah to get the name on the on the map and to this day like i, I mean i have no regrets for it but at the same time it's just like damn we did a lot and i think we did burn ourselves out we did like 100 so, percent, man yeah, i feel yeah. like we did for sure yeah, like I went balls to the wall, man. Booking shows, tours, everything. But that's what everybody wanted too, and I was just like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, i will fucking go do this. And and then when we started like getting to that point that we need to slow down, I was like, fuck no! Like, we need to keep going. And yeah, then I'm like, oh yeah, I think we burned everybody.
0: Yeah, out. <laughs> we we knew that we needed to take a break, and but we
2: still kept going anyway. Yeah. Well, it was it was an interesting path I guess I would say because like I heard you guys talking about it man it was the taste of success like on my end of everything I think is like I didn't want to lose it yeah because it's so hard to build up that reputation and then if we lose it it's so hard to get it back yeah yeah so but like then you you had
0: been at it a lot longer than the rest of us too so it's 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 understandable for you to kind of to chase it a little bit harder
2: well When Aramis quit, he made a comment to me that Fireglass will be nothing without me, Mm -hmm. and that kind of fueled everything on my end. Like, all right, dude, well, fuck you. Like, I'm gonna make this band successful, if you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And to this day, dude, I can't write a song and save my life. But at the same time, (laughs) like, I understand the business aspect of it, and I know what we need to do. And uh, for playing wise, like, I'm that bass player in the pocket where I can do my fills and make it sound good and still put on a show and all that stuff but when it comes down to the business aspect i understand like what we need to do how we need to do it yeah
0: because
2: i fell on my face so many times (laughs) you you (laughs) paid more
0: attention to a lot of that stuff and we did a we got a lot of networking and whatnot through you and i think the rest of us we were just kind of there yeah. I know. You you did a lot. I tried a bit and I got a little bit going on as far as like networking goes with some of the other people that we played shows with and everything. But for the most part, we were just kind of there to play our parts and look pretty. And then me and Break did the merch afterwards.
2: <laughs> right. So, yeah. And I mean, it's, it was I mean, it's cool because you guys were the face of the band. Mm. Technically, but everybody knew who I was because I was the one that had to go and talk to everybody and get everything. Yeah. Saved. Well, let me rephrase that. People will come talk to you and they're like, "Go talk to the bass player." <laughs> I mean, fair. Yeah.
0: People would ask us questions that are like way beyond our scope of shit. Where do you want to buy a shirt? And they're like, "How can
2: we get you to come out over here? Go talk to that guy."
0: Just, yeah. that's that's not that's not that's not my department, man. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: <laughs> but I mean, it was it was fun because everybody had their part and it was like and I think I did mention it like hey if any business comes up just send them to me yeah that's and why we
0: sent them to you that yeah. was your
2: idea you- <laughs> so but other than that like getting us known and talking to bands and like kind of being not like being buddy buddy with them but establishing that good relationship with them so that way if they ever want to come to Tucson well yeah we'll bring you guys out we'll bring us to El Paso or bring us yeah. to San Angelo or somewhere like we did that trade off and that's how we met Sean because he ended up messaging the band and Excuse me. Um, I started talking to him and he's like, well, I want to come to Arizona. I was like, well, we want to go to San Diego. So.
0: Dude, we went out to San Diego so much. And Sean was nice enough to let us crash at his house yeah, all dude. the time. Even all we did when we were over there is just get hammered.
2: Oh yeah. Dude. <laughs> he didn't really drink, man. He was more of a, I think like the vodka guy. And we always bring like the cases of beer. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's go, man.
0: Dude, we would get so messed so. up
2: over there dude in San Diego the first time we played there it was awesome cause Sean when I was talking to him on the phone he's like yeah you can stay at my house and like never met the guy never just talked to him on the phone he's like yeah come stay at my house I got a big old house you guys can stay in and I'm just like we just passed
0: out all (laughs) over his living room yeah everybody fights for like the couch and then those of us who didn't like well Uh you never cared you're like because you're, you're military, you just got, like, <laughs> your little, <laughs> you got that little tiny, super tight sleeping bag thing, and yeah. just curl up in a corner somewhere, <laughs> and then, like, I think I ended up, like, stacking my, like, blankets on the floor or some shit next to his kitchen. Yeah. And just
2: passing out. Dude, yeah, that, that was amazing times, and then going back out there to shoot the video and <laughs> the video was fun yeah dude I remember his, <laughs> I was like dude I live in the ghetto and I'm like "Well, whatever in the middle of tracking what's done is done the police knock on the door like fuck we got a noise complaint oh you guys don't know about this dead body like a hundred feet from the house or yeah. Like... What? <laughs>
0: yeah, we were there the whole entire day. Had no idea that anything like that was going on. I, t- I think I brought that up with Gabe too. Yeah,
2: and then Sean closes the doors like all nonchalant. I told you I live in the ghetto. <laughs> just like, yeah, I know, I straight up. Like it's like it's a normal day for him out there. Like, dude, this is not fucking normal. What the hell? I was like, dude, some lady just got stabbed a thousand times. In the do we like? Do we hide? Like, what the hell is going on, man? Right.
0: <laughs> we had to like, wait the entire day.
2: Don't let the women go outside. <laughs> And that, that,
0: like, and that, I think it was, like, almost, it was funny, and then it was, like, sad at the same time, because it was, like, that whole, that whole situation that day was just, it altered the second half of the video for us, because remember, we were gonna go to the beach? Oh, yeah. And shoot the rest of it, like, from <laughs> CJ solo on, was supposed to be at the beach, yeah. and then we're just, like, well, fuck, we're stuck here now. <laughs> and we are just, like, we, we were so, like, inconvenienced <laughs> by this, like,
2: it was yeah. so bad, but- <laughs> True that, dude, that was a wild fucking day it was just like because all of us were so tired from driving that night before oh yeah i got like hardly any sleep and I'm j- i just look stoned in the whole fucking video <laughs> <laughs> i remember just the video process
0: like we talked about it with with gabe the whole like getting started with the video process with the direction and everything with it was really weird even though we'd spent like a week or two beforehand talking about what we were going to do with it yeah and then when push came to shove we just didn't do anything and then like Gabe kind of took the reins on it And we got it going And then once everything got going It was okay But Having to alter it You know Last minute Because of You know This situation that we were in Was It was really weird Um It wasn't something that we were We were prepared for But yeah Like after Because we We drove up to San Diego The night before We were scheduled to start shooting And I think we just We got to Sean's house And just died Yeah And then We spent the entirety Of the next day shooting Uh all over his house, at least, like, the bottom, like, the the bottom bottom floor, like, in the kitchen, the living room, and then me and Break had a scene on the stairs, and shooting all the stuff with, um, you know, all the in-between and his little backyard nook thing and whatnot, like, I had no idea it was gonna be that exhausting, but I remember when we were done that day, when we wrapped, and we went out to that restaurant for dinner, I was so dead. Oh, yeah. I was
2: so tired. Dude, we were, like even uh emma was out there with us and she was dying and i'm like she wasn't even part of the video <laughs> yeah she just sat she was the dog wrangler in the background man. yeah and she was just all like sitting there like you all right and she's like i'm just so tired <laughs> dude it was so it was fun but it was so exhausting yeah it was dude it was yeah because when, when the whole video shoot like like you said we had everything planned and then I think the videographer kind of took the reins as well.
0: He like, did, yeah. Cause That's sent,
2: uh, Austin. Yeah, we sent him the song so he can kind of get an idea of what we were going to do. And we, I told him in the head, like, hey, we have a script that we're going to do and all that. Mm-hmm. But nobody, like you said, nobody really stepped up until Gabe's like this, that. And then, I mean, almost had a, what, contra- controversial argument over the video. I think it was between him and Break. I think so, yeah. And then... Um, And then we're just like, screw it, let's just get it done.
1: Yeah.
0: We altered it and we made it a point where everything was cool, everyone was happy with it. And the final product was really awesome. Like, that effect that Austin did where we ran with the idea of me and Break being, like, two parts of Sean's conscience. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were just, like, holograms or illusions, whatever you want to call it there. Yeah. I thought that was
2: awesome yeah it was pretty dope i like that it was like oh pop-up gone. yeah
0: (laughs) it was amusing being able to climb all over his furniture and shit too right he's sitting in the living room and then break was on one side and i'm just in like five different spots on his couch and then we the second verse is in the kitchen right and we're climbing all over his counters and shit just trying to find (laughs) the right ways to do
2: everything right and he's like it's cool don't worry about it
0: (laughs) i remember when we were doing that part because break was like Break was over on the other side towards the wall where the pantry and stuff was and I was over by the back door So I was just sitting and standing next to him in the sink and whatnot And I remember break like hiding in the pantry and just popping out at yeah. like different angles and shit And it was just so stupid and it was so funny that we were fucking laughing about it <laughs> He's like
1: oh. Yeah, exactly He
0: pop out and just be like, I'm here now And then like all down below and shit It was so dumb, but god, it was so fucking funny Right <laughs> So but it was it was very it was a very cool experience to be able to do something like that. Especially to go to somewhere like California and have Sean be in it and everything. You know, shooting the video was a lot of fun, even if it did start off, you know, a little bit rocky.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean it was it's an experience, man. It's any video you shoot is just it's stressful at the yeah. same time you want it to be fun and you're like yeah fuck i don't want to be here now <laughs> dude right <laughs> do you really need the bass player really <laughs> <them to>, like. <laughs> so but like it's kind of like when we like I heard gabe talking about relinquish nest we shot the video with Hermes, which is now deadweight mm-hmm. dude we we're at tommy's house shooting it in his studio man we played that song 30,000 times. Yeah, that's what he said, is it was oh, just over man. and over again. Yeah, we were so hot, sweaty, and we were just nasty, and he, was like, alright, two more times, and me, CJ, and Gabe were like, bro, come on, <laughs> we already got like 20,000 shots, like, yeah. we, we should do something with this. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like such a miserable experience, man. <laughs> I mean, it was fun in the beginning, and then, cause, but we had to play it live, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like... You, you didn't know, do what we did, where we had the giant yeah. speaker, and we were just like... We no. were lip syncing essentially. Yeah, no, he wanted everything to be live. That was Amy's idea, so we could play it and hear it. And it was just like, okay, so we played it. Over and over and over and at the time, as soon as we finally finished it, he was like, if I gotta play that song one more time, I'm smashing my guitar. <laughs> we are like, cool. Why Why
0: would he want it done live though? Like if it's just gonna be video with the separate audio overlaid on top of it, there's no reason to play it live like
2: that. Uh, at the time we were new to it, so we were just trying to figure how to no. do everything. Okay so we didn't really understand the process at the time Mm -hmm. so now that we have a better grips of how to do stuff makes it easier like when we did red rum um a couple years back we shot it live Mm -hmm. but we did have a house party and we performed for people and all that stuff but it was kind of like that but a little bit more stressful Mm -hmm. with (laughs) aramis so because he wanted everything perfect which i got i mean he's a perfectionist yeah dude's phenomenal at what he does but at the same time we're all like fuck you dude like we don't want to do this right now (laughs) right so but it was interesting i Mm. guess would be the best way to say it but (laughs) i mean but it was fun we had a good time with it and by the time we were done we loaded everything up and i wanted to sleep halfway home but like i had to drive the truck with the trailer yeah (laughs) but that was fun (laughs) and then we had mike there the drummer from he was in tommy's band he was with tantric at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, mike was there and he was kind of checking us out and everything and he was helping promote us as well like hey we're in with this band right now like and they're shooting videos because they were getting ready to go on tour and mike had all of his drums in tommy's studio and yeah they had their whole fucking road gear ready to go and we had to move everything out of the way so we can get the right shots and we were like all right yeah. cool mm. i think i remember mike he was there when we were when we tracked yeah. too wasn't he yeah with what's done is done and determined yeah yeah he's the one that introduced us to nf and, yeah i uh, still listen to that dude yeah man. that dude's sick he's <laughs> such a good rapper yeah <laughs> but i think i've been Following Mike, I think he's playing with a country band out in Nashville now. Oh, is
0: he? Last I heard, he was uh, he was a part of Trapped. He was he drumming left. for Trapped.
2: He left because all the political stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> smart move. <laughs> he didn't want to be a part of that. He's like, I'm not ruining my reputation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a smart decision on his part. Yeah. So, he's... I think last time I talked to him, he was out in Nashville just doing some country stuff. He opened up his own studio. Mm-hmm. So, he's got all that going on. And I think Tommy's still doing his studios. And he's in his project and then he has another band he's on tour with Mm -hmm. i think i think he's on tour right now
0: can you manage it because
2: i know there was that whole thing with him and flaw for a bit too yeah that um i haven't talked to tommy personally but everything i got off of social media what he posted and everything um he was in the wrong he admitted to it but Mm -hmm. at the same time like he did take a break from music for i think a good four to six months and then I would have done the same thing. He pretty much said, fuck everybody. I'm doing what I love to do. And yeah. if you don't like it, then deuces. And I got mad respect for that, man, because... <laughs> I mean, if he's able to bounce
0: back, good for him.
2: Yeah, he's doing really well right now from what I can see. So mm-hmm. I got mad props for that. Like, I don't condone what he did, but at the same time... Yeah. I mean, he he's doing his thing, and that's the only thing he could respect, because he's doing it for him, yeah. For anybody else. <laughs> so...
0: All right, so let's talk about some of the more, uh, the higher profile shows, you know, that we did. We had a lot of like humble beginnings, I guess, but, you know, we really took off and, you know, we hit the ground running and everything. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to the trap show in a little bit, so we'll save that one for last, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, was there, like, did you... When when we got everything going and everything and we started getting this momentum and, you know, Tucson started taking note of us, were there any, like, shows that you that really stand out to you that were really, like, really good?
2: Any shows that you remember that you really enjoyed? Yeah. Um, for Tucson-wise, before, like, you and Break came in, uh, I got to open up for Nothing More, Nonpoint. Those stood out really good because... I think nothing more just got their label
0: and they. They were just, just starting out. Huh?
2: Up. Yeah, so those guys were really cool because they were actually you go and talk to them and they treat you like people. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty awesome. And then uh, I got to perform with Nonpoint, and ever since I seen Nonpoint, that's why I had to set the standard. Like, yo, like we got to be energetic. We got to do this. Oh yeah, dude, Nonpoint so, is insane. Yeah, and they're very underrated, but they're so good. Yeah, and. Um, And then uh, when Fireglass started picking up more, I think when we got to perform with Fire from the Gods, I think you were with Elysian at the time. Yeah, I remember that show. Uh, Fire from the Gods, same thing. Just got their label and they were up and coming. Uh, AJ is a fucking beast on stage for performing-wise. I did see Fire from the Gods down the road
0: um, when From Ashes to New came to town. Yeah. I I went to that show and they were there and I got to talk to AJ for a little bit. Super nice dude.
2: Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. The rest of the band's from San San Antonio. I think so. Or Austin, or something like that. And then uh, he's from Brooklyn. They picked them up from Brooklyn, New York. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, cause his accent, I was like, dude, where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from New York. I'm like, the band's from Texas. He's like, yeah, they picked me up. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, awesome. So, but uh, that stood out really good. And then. Um, I mean, we played the Green Jello.
0: I remember the Green Jello show. Yeah,
2: those guys were fucking hilarious. Uh, Ever Great, that we got to perform with when we took Alex Best up there, because he wanted to... Yes, okay, I remember him, that. ...the Swedish band. They yeah. stuck out really good. I remember we opened up, which we weren't supposed to. We had the prime spot, and then some band from Phoenix weaseled their way in there. Yeah. Somehow talked to the management. But, um... I remember the guitar player coming up like you guys were the first band. Yeah, why would you go on first? It wasn't our choice Yeah, (laughs) We were just told Uh, That was a good show. Uh, Haken was good. It's just I know Gabe and CJ really liked the show, but for me it was It was long dude. It was so yeah, I talked to Gabe about that and I told him like that's
0: the only time I've ever actually started falling asleep. Yeah at a live show just yeah because gabe was the only one like cj was into it too but i think gabe was the only real one who just he had such a major heart on for that prog music stuff and i was yeah. like you know there's cool elements to it and like they had like some really cool instruments and the one guy for Haken, he had a uh, a guitar, which i thought was really really yeah, cool to see keyboard yeah but yeah. yeah dude it was it was too much <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: it, really, it was a long show like i i respect the music dude it was they had two eight strings they had yeah a six string bass and then the drummer and the vocalist was just amazing
0: oh yeah but like i I, th- I i brought i told gabe about the um that was not a show we should have been on that that's not <laughs> our environment dude we do we're, not fit in with prog metal
2: dude i remember we were before you came in we were on the way to la uh i think we had johnny rocket with us and i get a call from tony from mosh pit and he's like hey, bro, I got this slot I was gonna offer to you first, but Hermes took it with this other band. I'm like, okay. And he's all like, you wanna play with Haken? As Soon as Gabe heard that, he's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, I guess we're playing, bro. <laughs> he's like, all right. Cause at the time we didn't have the viewer break on board yet. And we're like, I'm looking at him. I was like, how are we gonna do this, bro? And he's like, we'll find people. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> but those stood out pretty good. Cause that's when you guys very first met Hermes, and we had to take the sound system to them and all that stuff, and up in Phoenix,
0: yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember so,
2: that. and then, um, but that was a uh, the one that stood out pretty good. And then, man, we played so many, so Dude, hard to remember. So many. <laughs> were
0: there any of the nights that stand out a lot to you on any of the tours that we did? Like there was there was Colorado Springs, we yeah. played that, we played with that band, Hit the Shadows, mm-hmm. and then Those guys are awesome, yeah, they were great. <laughs> Then there was um, one of the ones. Was it Albuquerque where we ended up like partying with the owner of that venue we played at?
2: Oh no, that was Santa Fe. Was Santa was Fe. It was the one of BFW those. Posts. Yeah, yeah, dude. That, that guy gave us a thirty pack of beer for free to take back to the yeah. hotel. And those Budweiser was like, I don't drink that. Break. He's like, I got it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no, like the rest of us drank it, but like that, I remember like. The beginning of that night because i know like there was like nobody there yeah and then that guy and his son showed up yep. and halfway through our set and they really dug our music and somehow i don't know how it happened we ended up not paying for anything no. all night <laughs> and we drank
2: so hard dude i remember that was the night i slipped and told him that cj was not 21 yeah and ever since then like i remember the lady's like hey you guys got any weed and I was like, well, our guitar player does, but you got to hook him up with some shots. <laughs> She's like, deal. Ever since then, he came in and just started pounding them. Yeah. And I learned my lesson from there. Like, every venue we walked in, you guys 21? Yep. <laughs> yeah, everyone's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so... But I remember that was a fun night. Yeah, and then Prescott, when we did the New Year's show with While She Waits. Yeah, that, that was a fun night, too. That was fun, because as soon as we rolled up, and... Uh,
0: that old guy that ran the place was so yeah, nice. he's like,
2: you guys are one of the artists. I'm like, yeah, we're fire guys. Here's two pictures of beer. And I walk up, the CJ's like, shut your mouth. And I just like, <laughs> <Yes>. walk away. <laughs> and he's all like, what? I'm like, just shut up and drink. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he got so trash that night. And he played perfectly. Oh, yeah, he was fine.
0: <laughs> I didn't get, like, messed up until afterwards. Oh, dude. But they they, they gave us food. When we were there, like, the guy who ran that place, he was so hospitable. He was so nice. Like, I don't think we paid for too much. No,
2: I think we walked out with a $50 tab.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was, like... We drank so much. Oh, (laughs) yeah, dude. We were so... It was a good night. I know that at one point they were giving us, like, the mini pictures. Oh, yeah. And I was just walking around with one of those.
2: Yeah, you like, and Michael? Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that we could do that. And then my friend Michael comes up, and he's like, I got a picture. I was like, what the fuck did you do? And I ran, I was like, I want one of those. And I ran up to the bar, and just, no questions, here you go. Right. And I was classy about it, so I was drinking the beer through a bendy straw, because that's how I roll. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs>
2: I got the pinky up. Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> So, but yeah, those shows stood out the most. Uh, there's a lot of, man, so many big shows we played that I can't even keep up with anymore. Like,
0: Do you you remember that um, when we were going through Texas and we, we spent a few days in Wichita Falls with your folks, mm-hmm. and then we went to Oklahoma to play oh, that life? show? Yeah, that was fun. I don't remember what that venue was called. Oh dude It was something train related. I know that much, but I remember that the venue owner was a really nice Asian lady uh-huh. and she gave us discounts on everything because we had that um I don't remember what that beer was. It was a Mexican beer it had a yellow oh, no beer. it
2: was a shiner buck, I think
0: something like that. I don't uh, know, but I remember that we paid very little for like massive like pictures of oh, yeah. um, for each of us yeah. like the lady was and it was only there was only the two bands it was us and then there was that one other band.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and my sergeant showed up. With, like, a bunch of people. Like, there was such a huge crowd for us. And that was the day that that guy, um, he gave us that bottle of Gentleman Jack. Yeah, with, yeah. With the fire glass name yeah, on it. Yeah,
2: so I had that, but my mother-in-law decided to drink it all. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that was for a special occasion, but cool, I still got the glass. <laughs> yeah, as long as you still got the bottle, man. Yeah, we, I, I think that. we were waiting until we
0: finished, like, the next record or something to break it yeah,
2: open. Yeah, it was more for, like, if one, we because we had the labels looking at us. So, like, yeah. once we land the label, we'll That's right, it yeah, open we were going to crack it open when we got signed. Yeah, we were looking at that, and then, um yeah that night we got tore up that was whew. so because my sergeant showed up and just started buying us beers and we're just yeah. like shit so we don't want to be rude <laughs> yeah we can't be rude it's free beer yeah
0: because i remember i remember the stage was really cool because i had risers on each side yep. and then the lady was really nice and we played and like crushed it because you know that's what we do yeah and then that other <laughs> band came on after us and they were, like, it was a bunch of local kids.
2: Yeah, they were, like, underage.
0: At the end of the night, because we had our little merch spot set up right there next to the stage, their bassist jumped off stage at the end of their set and smashed his bass guitar, like, right in front of us. And we're yeah. just like, dude, what
2: the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> they were trying to, like, show us up, but yeah. it didn't work. <laughs> oh, no. They, they failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, that was fun, dude. Like, that show stood out pretty good. I forgot about that one. I was Yeah, that was a fun one. Um... What else did we play? There was there. Uh, I remember playing Tyler, Texas. That's the one that Gabe was talking about, where he drove in the rain. That's where I popped my head. We're on tour with Sugar Sugar Blast Blast. Yeah, yeah. And then the bass player, him and CJ got along really good. He talked in that British accent. Yeah, yeah, uh, so.
0: yeah. Uh, his name is
2: uh, uh, Alonzo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I yeah I still I see him on Facebook now. He yeah. does like acoustic stuff since whatever yeah. whatever happened with that whole project. I, don't know. I
2: know they got signed and was it yeah they put of. out
0: like the one music video yeah. that was pretty sick and then they just kind of like dissipated like eddie their vocalist he still yeah. does music but he does something else and yeah, then e-
2: ej i think he he went and got his uh emt He's, license yeah him and
0: his wife are emts <clears throat> yeah and i think they're just yeah <laughs> i think they're uh, i think they're just primarily focusing on like family stuff now yeah um because there was that other band that they had with them too onda
2: yeah that fell apart i think shortly after we did that tour
0: yeah um i still i still keep in touch a little bit with their drummer Raimundo he's a oh, big yeah, he's yeah. a big gym guy too yeah
2: he's huge man yeah uh he actually i found out a story about him he went out to cali uh because he's a magnificent drummer oh yeah Dude. he's a great drummer yeah yeah that was the show where we met them san antonio bro I remember talking to them And they rolled up And they didn't know who we were I was like Oh we're Fireglass And they're like Oh okay we're on tour with you guys We're like yeah Yeah So And I remember that first band That went on in San Antonio They just packed up and left Yeah And I think it was uh, Raymond The vocalist Undo, undo, undo. Undo, yeah. The, the big so, dude. Yeah, yeah. He was a beast of a vocalist. Dude, and I remember the guy's like, oh, we, we killed it on stage. He's posting on on Facebook, and uh, he got on there and was like, yeah, nice for you guys to stick around. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, bro I, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, because he had the same mindset we did. We stay for the whole show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're on tour, and I would like the locals to stay, and the same way when i promote a show i tell all the bands you're you're gonna stay if you don't you're never gonna be on another show with me it's just because it's a respect thing for the tour band yeah i
1: was
2: like you guys will understand when you start touring and they're like oh but yeah like talking to the drummer um Um, yeah the drummer uh i remember talking to him and then i found out from ej that he got signed on to a bigger band the tour oh really yeah and then um what sucked for him was i found out that he had a really bad alcohol problem mm-hmm. and he ended up losing the position oh okay because i think it was supposed to be for alanis Morcette or something and he was killing it and then i think maybe the rock star part came in probably and yeah i think he just kind of overdid it i mean he was cool about it when i talked to him about it he's like yeah he admitted he's like i fucked up mm-hmm. i mean it is what it is but and then he jumped on with uh, Undo, and I think he was supposed to jump on with uh, Sugar Sugar because Sugar Sugar's drummer got added onto another band that was going to tour, so he was going to take over for Sugar Sugar.
0: Sugar Sugar's drummer was that other big dude. I think his yeah. name was was Aiden or Adrian or yeah, something. I
2: think so. Yeah, he, he was, was a cool. sick, he's a good drummer too. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a touring uh, like a punk hard rock band. I think. Yeah,
0: I see him posting stuff online that he's yeah, yeah. he's
2: still in it. So he's killing it, and then um, I, I don't know what happened to Sugar dude. I know they did the one big show, yeah. and they just kind of fell off. And I was like, well, I mean, life happens, I get it. So yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are like, well, I got kids, I got that. And I was like, they did right. have kids, yeah. Yeah, so especially like EJ. like, And I found out EJ used to promote for like Yellow Card. And oh, really? Yeah, he used to book all those guys. So when I started booking shows, the last tour Fireglass, did. I hit him up about going out to Corpus, because that tour was just, that was a mess. Yeah. How <laughs> one was bad. And then, uh, but he said, next time I get ready to do a tour, hit him up and he'll book us and make sure we're promoted properly. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. But then I was getting ready to start getting ready to do everything again. And then everything just COVID and everything just yeah. happened. And I was just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. There was a lot of really, a lot of really
0: good shows. Just a lot of the traveling that we did. We usually did really well when we went to when we played with Kill Your Name in California.
2: Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was. Yeah, the first show we did, we had a pretty good crowd.
0: So, yeah. Uh, and then we brought Pyro out with us. Yeah. You know when uh, and I think <clears throat> I told Gabe this. Whenever Sean would have me and go up for those songs, he always had me come up for. Uh, it was December. December Bloom. No, I think it was Ashley. It was, I think it was, December Bloom was my favorite song on there.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know, one of the songs that I really liked, he always had me come up and do the screaming vocals on the song. Mm-hmm. And then I would do vocals with him on the chorus. And when it came to the screaming vocal parts, that was like the pre-chorus, I forgot it, like every single time, dude. <laughs> I knew like half of the vocals, half of the lyrics, every single time. So when I'm screaming, like the first four lines or something of the pre-chorus like lyrics, I'm just making shit I'm just I'm making noises I'm not actually saying anything audible I'm just making noises
2: It sounded good And it worked
0: worked. Yeah It worked (laughs) Right but, oh, man, like, I knew the rhythm in which everything was pronounced, but I just, I did not know the lyrics themselves, but... Right. It was, it, it was, I, th- I thought it was really funny, but, dude, yeah, we had, we had fun. I loved going out to California.
2: Dude, yeah, Sean tried to recruit me when we very first went out to California. Yeah. remember when we did that tour, he fired his bass player in Phoenix before we came back to Tucson. Because we did the show Thursday in, yeah, Thursday was Cali, Friday was... Uh, Phoenix Cause we played at the uh, Pub Rock Yeah in Phoenix Scottsdale area And then we went straight to We had the event booked out And we had like X amount of bands on it And we mm. brought Kill Your Name out And when he showed up to Tucson He's like I fired my bass player And I'm like What? Yeah <laughs> and, I, and I see I him walk that. up I was like I thought you fired him He's like Yeah it's his last show <laughs> I was like Oh okay And through the show And everything He's like He came up to me and my ex, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to steal you. And I was like, dude, I'm down to play. Uh, Just send me the music, I'll learn it. And then when you guys get ready to perform, I'll just fly out there, like, a couple days prior. He's like, no, you got to live in San Diego. I was like, that's not going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. I was like, it's way too expensive out there for me. Oh, God, yeah, no, it's bad. (laughs) But he tried to recruit me, like, and then we ended up doing that show. I think it was Encore... On Club Access at the time, and we were doing Green Jello, and mm-hmm. we were able to bring him out. Yeah,
0: I remember that because yeah. we came out for that show, and he, because I think while they were driving out here, he was doing an interview, yeah, and it was like live stream with, um, I think it was
2: with Nick, Nick Nice, yeah, yeah, and
0: that was one of the first times that we got name dropped on there.
2: Yeah, that was when we did the tour with him. Yeah, like they were on the way back to California, and then because they rented the van.
0: Yeah. Now, I remember him coming out for the Green Jello show, and he he was he wasn't feeling very well. His- yeah,
2: he ended up hurting something when he was singing. That's why, like, if if we could find the video, like he's crouching on the stage a lot. Yeah, I remember that. I think he pulled something from screaming mm-hmm. and he was just like in so much pain because dude like i had to learn all their material and i was like so nervous because like sean's such a perfectionist and i'm like dude if i fuck up i'm screwed yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and he's all like and the day they showed up we we're getting ready for the show i left work early uh to rehearse with them live mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff and he's like dude you learned everything i was like yeah i had to get the tabs from ben from Pyrotechnica. you printing them out I was like, I'm not going to do all the fills, but I'll do as much as I can. And um, and he's all like, dude, you nailed it. And I'm like, all right, cool. And as soon as I got off stage, I was like all sweaty. Like, fuck, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I remember you being really, really concerned about that. <laughs> so, because I don't want to play and make someone sound like crap. And I'm like, dude. And uh, and him and Dustin were like, dude, you did awesome, this and that. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, so you want to join Kill Your Name? I was like, I'm not moving to San Diego, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. I'll just fly out a couple of days prior and, you know, rehearse with you guys, make sure everything's solid, and then we'll go out, and he's all like, nah, I'm like, alright. <laughs> it was a shot, you know? Right. <laughs> alright,
0: let's 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 talk about the the infamous Trapped show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I talked about it with Gabe, and I've alluded to it on several episodes in the past and stuff, but... What's um? What do you remember From that show What was your take on it
2: Oh man Those guys are a piece of shit Uh I love the music But It was weird Because we rolled up Because normally They're there at what Noon One o'clock Yeah Saturday they're supposed now. to be
0: there Early doing their sound check And then yeah. we show up At like two or three And we turn in our tickets We get our time spot And then you know
2: We start yeah. backlining Yeah And um I remember showing up And the bus is not there And we're like mm-hmm. Where the fuck are these guys Are they in the van Like what's going on And uh I remember the bus rolling up. My first take, I see the guitar player get out. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? I'm Matt from Fireglass. Like, we're opening up for you guys. Dude just walks by me and blows me off. And I'm like, okay. And then when they started doing their sound check and the feedback and the vocalist giving uh, Chase that hard time. Yeah, he was giving Chase shit. And then he was like lashing out at like the road crew too. Yeah, yeah. And Chase turned around and was like, dude, I wasn't three hours late yeah just straight up called them out and dude uh i think it was the vocalist and guitar player jumped off stage and was bitching at the rock and i think it was ken from the rock at the time and and ken told him i was like well you guys were late we had to push back the show
0: yeah because our (laughs) all of ours like it was i feel like that show itself was just a storm in general because there was like five local bands on it there was like us as we watched them fall pyro yeah. And like two or three other ones. There was so way too many local bands on yeah. that bill. And when they showed up late, we had to fit their sound check into everything. That's when the singer was bitching about the, the feedback. The same exact mic I was using for our sound check had no fucking problems. <laughs> and, you know, we, we had to cut all of our sets short. And I remember making like, and I don't remember it as well as Gabe did because he's, he's the one who mentioned a lot of the changes that we did.
2: Yeah. Cutting the intro, going straight to the song, you know, we had to cut out a song altogether. Yeah. Though that one was I remember we were talking about doing marshmallow pig and then we were like, No, we only get like twenty five minutes and then we got cut to a twenty minute set and I was like when just seeing the attitude of everybody, I remember running up to everybody's like, Fuck that, we're doing marshmallow pig. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. (laughs) And we're like, all right, and I went up to Chase and I was like, Hey dude, we're gonna dedicate a song to Trap tonight. We didn't drop their name as no, much as we wanted to. Not
0: directly. I don't remember what Break said, but no, I know it was you. I know I said that this song goes out to any idiot who lets fame go to their head.
2: Yeah. So and everybody was like mad dogging us, but then yeah. there's a big pit and we're just like <laughs>
0: Yeah, like right over there where the bands where they set up their merch and stuff. Mm-hmm. i remember seeing a couple of guys from traps crew and they were just they were mad dogging the shit out of us the oh time. yeah
2: like dude i didn't care and then we had that fuck you part in there and we're yeah. all, the whole band and the whole crowd was just yeah we were like yeah this is what we do <laughs> we got we got the message across oh yeah yeah <laughs> and dude but you remember recording marshmallow pig when we're going in and doing the fuck you part and I didn't know we were recording. I was like, super. Oh, yes, that's right. Because we kept, I think we had a separate little soundbite for that. And we just kept messing with it the whole time. Dude, I, like, I thought we were just like warming up. I am like, all right, and I just got done watching the big gay owl episode and i was like super yeah (laughs) and we had that recorded and it's just
0: it is there like in our emails or something like forever like i think alex trimmed a specific part
2: just to have that dude i just remember everybody went quiet did he just say super and i'm just like oh fuck you guys recorded (laughs) so but yeah that show the trap show man i remember because pyro went on after us Mm -hmm. because they outsold us on tickets by like Three or five tickets or something. So they got the headlining or local headlining spot. Did you stay for the whole night? Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed for Pyro, and as soon as we were done, they were done. Okay, yeah, because I left
0: right after Pyro did too. Like I was not yeah. gonna stay for Trapped. Like I was just no, they don't deserve
2: it. Yeah, dude. Like I remember me and you talking about it. Where it was like it was our idols in high school. Yeah, we were so excited music. to play it. Yeah, they had one song. um Was it Echoes? Yeah. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, I love that fucking song. And then when I seen their attitude and everything, I was like, fuck you guys. I'm out. Yeah, couldn't do it. I still won't even listen to their music. Not willingly.
0: If I'm ever in a situation where, like, someone's on the radio or something and Headstrong comes on, I tell them that story. (laughs) Right. And, yeah, I just – I will not willingly listen to their music anymore. But I know I left early on, so I didn't see – I thought you stayed for the whole night. No. Gabe did, and he told told us, you know, his – experience for it that like once all the locals are finished you know because i think it was like the other two bands and then it was as we watched them fall and then us and then pyro and then once pyro was done and everybody dipped out there was like 10 people there because gabe was hanging out outside with becca in the smoking area talking to people and he came in to check because i guess the dude was talking about it you know anybody who left is a little bitch and then the people who are still here are the real fans and crap and there was like it was a damn near empty house
2: oh yeah well because they're fucking dicks dude (laughs) like Why would I want to support a band that is asshole? Oh yeah, I'm not fucking do so,
0: that.
2: So I mean, there's a difference if you come off as an asshole because like you always have people confronting you. Yeah. Because we're what band you're in? That I understand because you don't have no privacy. But like you're a band that was big in the early 2000s that nobody fucking knows who you are right now. Yeah. <laughs> Still riding off of the coattails of one song. Well, they had a couple good hits, but they like, did. But
0: nothing was as popular as Headstrong. Yeah.
2: So that. That irked me, like, bad, because I was so excited to play for these guys. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, and Break was all casted up, and we used to joke around, like, when he showed up to the show, and he was all casted up, and they were like, what happened to you? I was like, dude, he was jerking off because he's about to play for Trap. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <And> he sprained <laughs> his wrist, and he's like, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah, that was an interesting fucking show for sure, and... I mean, it was a good show. We had a packed house until, I mean, us and Pyro got off stage, and then everybody bounced. Yeah. So, but I'm pretty sure we told a lot of people too. That like, people yeah. were asking if you were gonna stay, and we're
0: like, no, these guys are douchebags. We're not staying.
2: Yeah. I was like, I'm not supporting a band that treats locals and everybody and the like crew shit. and everything like that. Like, no, yeah. it's not okay. Do that behind the scenes. Don't do it in front. Yeah, of people. not in front of people. <laughs> so, but yeah, that one that stuck out a lot. And ever since then, I was like, nah. Because I remember CJ almost having one of those moments, I think we were playing a Lethal show and it was at the event mm-hmm. and I think it was the redhead dude, um, can't think of his name, that plays for Lethal, the guitar player, but he was on the balcony smoking. Oh, Jesse. Jesse, yeah, he was on the balcony smoking and CJ was having a meltdown on something and I looked over and I seen him and I stopped him and I was like, dude, you could punch me in the face later, I don't really care. I was like, but don't make a scene here. And he just like, oh, these fuck these guys, and like, no, 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 do not. <laughs> He's all like, what do you mean? I'm like, cause whatever you say now is gonna get back to him, and we're gonna look like assholes. Yeah. So keep your professionalism, regardless if you're pissed off or not. Just keep your mouth shut, smile, and like we could box later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he understood that right away, and then ever since then we're just like, all right, cool. And, but seeing like how trapped was, I was just like, dude, no, like why would I even want to tour with you guys?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was just whatever, whatever like illusion that we had, yeah. you know, was just it was it was ruined in that moment. Yeah, just, well, Tommy told us about it. When he I think her, he did. Yeah. He did warn us about it beforehand, like yeah. years before
2: that, and. I think that was one of the things that one of us said at one point was like, look, fucking Tommy was right. Yeah, uh, he was touring with Tantric and he went on tour with them and he told us, him and Mike, were like, yeah, dude, traps are fucking assholes. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And then next thing you know, Mike's drumming for him. i like, yeah. bro. <laughs> I'm like, you just told me this. <laughs> He's like, I know. <laughs> so, but other than that, yeah, Trap was probably the worst show I've ever played. Oh, yeah. So, and on tour-wise. Alright, so a little couple
0: more things to discuss, uh, you know, real quick here. So, some of the fun, you know, that we, we had when we were playing shows and being on tour and stuff. And, you know, one of the first things was the one, the, do you remember the, the prank that we played on CJ?
2: oh dude <laughs> oh my god
0: that was gabe's idea it was gabe's idea and, and nick was like let's do it
2: <laughs> dude it was so it was so bad dude it was so funny just because we already knew oh yeah coming from colorado there's no checkpoints to new mexico because new mexico was legal for weed yeah and we're like all right and and he was dead asleep too <laughs> yeah. Dude, and Gabe was like, went up to Nick, and was like, hey, because anybody meets Nick, he's a fucking asshole, but he's hilarious. Yeah, he is. But uh, they were like, he's like, dude, we should tell, say this, and Nick's like, down. And we have a van full of weed. (laughs) And it's just all of
0: us, like the six of us, in there. And then, like, while we're doing that, while we're talking about it, like, break is rolling up, like, right there while they're fucking driving, and then you're in the back in the little makeshift bed that we had back there. Yep. And me and Gabe are sitting in the seats.
2: Yeah, TJ was right next to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he was out. And then, like, he called you up and was like, Hey, Matt, we're going to go here in a minute. because there, there was nothing around us. It was a road and just hills. And that was it. There was no signs <laughs> of civilization for miles. So he calls, us, he calls you up and, like, we, kept, like, huddle around him. And he's like, on the count of three, we're going to scream, oh, shit, there's a checkpoint just to see what happens with CJ
1: and
0: I think one of uh, I don't remember if it was you or me but like that's a little bit messed up but we're gonna do it (laughs) Nick was already laughing at it so it, it goes dead quiet and then like, he counts and then at the count of three, everyone's like, fuck, there's a checkpoint. We're so screwed. And CJ shoots up real quick. His eyes were so big, like they were popping out of his skull. Oh, and he looks around, he's just
2: like, fuck you guys. He no. was, he was so pissed. <laughs> dude, to this day, he's like, if you guys ever do that to me again, I'm gonna wolf your ass. <laughs> I was like, dude. He's like, I hate you guys. It was funny, but I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, he was so mad at us for uh, that. Oh, dude, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> dude, that... Yeah, and I remember, like, we did that show out um The Curry? Curry? Bisbee? I think we did it with... Um, God, what are they called? They just stopped playing. But they were a three-piece, but we went out there to play with them and Pyro, mm-hmm. and I think think you just came in the band and we were talking about doing determine because so i don't think you played that show with us yet i think scarlet was filling in for us a little bit she did fill in for a bit right yeah, before i was ready to and go and then uh we hit the checkpoint and the dogs don't bark when they find something they actually throw a sign to the border mm. patrol agent and cj's heart is just pounding because i warned everybody as i like, do not if you take it you better smoke it while you're down there because as soon as we come back we're gonna hit two checkpoints there's no way around it and uh sure enough we had all of our stuff in the trailer and the dog threw the sign the lady just looked at me like what's in the trailer and i was like well we just got done playing a show we're a band Mm -hmm. she's like okay go ahead and Uh cj's like oh
0: (laughs) i remember something like that happening when we were coming back from california (laughs)
2: yeah yeah we had all
0: that and because that was the weekend, that was the, like one of the times that we were there and we spent the day on the beach. Yep. And because like Break and CJ had veered off to go find a dispensary and we all met up on the beach again and they couldn't find one yeah. and they just bought weed off of a white dude at a, on on the beach. He had like a hemp vest. Yep. Remember that? Because like he found us because it was like you, me, Gabe, and Emma and we were walking around and then like Emma shouted out, does anybody have weed? And this guy just magically appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> She's was like, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. And then we ran into that same guy on the beach and we told them and they were like, go talk to that guy. Yeah. and then they bought weed and we sat on the beach and like we just hung out and yeah. then we like we smoked
2: it on the way back home <laughs> I didn't I couldn't <laughs> no you, you were driving well that and the army well yeah and you were, were still right in the anymore. army at the time yeah yeah so. the rest of us I think I don't
0: know if Gabe did or not but I know nah, the rest of us Gabe did didn't really
2: smoke I think the only time I seen him smoke was when we were in Colorado
0: was that that one time when he got really crossfaded no we were leaving because I remember a story about that before I joined that like he was really hammered and then he got really high
2: no, that was Brake.
0: I mean, that happens that, to Brake a lot, at the too. That was <laughs> remember it blues bar. I remember a story about it happening to Gabe, too.
2: Oh, dude, that was probably before Fireglass, because I know he said he used to smoke a lot. Mm. But I know when we were leaving Colorado Springs, Brake just got the van, and we just got done dropping $900 in the van because we broke down on the way. Oh, that's right. It was like <laughs> we were outside of that one little town,
0: yeah. and it was like 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it was freezing cold. Yep. And we were stuck in there waiting for like an hour. There was like the, the AAA vehicles were driving by and, and No, it was whatnot. DOT
2: from New Mexico. We were yeah. like three hours away from Colorado Springs. We break down. Nick's telling me there's no throttle response. This guy pulls up. You guys all right? Yeah, we got no throttle response, bro. Oh, okay. So what you want to do is go up this hill. Yeah. And just off ramp. Just a facial <laughs> expressing from Nick and him looking at Gabe and turning back around like... You know he wanted to say something smart. Oh, like, yeah. All right, thanks. <laughs> he had no words. <laughs> at the time, we were just like... And the dude just left. Just left us sitting there, and we're like, what the fuck? We're on the side of the...
0: We're, like, on the side of the freeway here. Like, the vehicle is not moving at this point. Yeah. And the guy's like, what you want to do is keep driving, and you'll finally eventually... Hit.
2: a mile and a half up the road. <laughs> we're like
0: yeah cool thanks guys (laughs) it it took forever just to arrange a tow truck to take us to whatever the nearest town was yeah luckily
2: the guy got us up and going but dude that was and luckily my ex gave me one of the the credit cards that we shared and she's all like well just in case and I was like refusing it refusing it Luckily I brought it And I was like Alright well $900 of repairs To the van Here we go God,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think that set us Back a day But we sat We ended up going And eating in this Little restaurant Yeah And just it I, I, all I <laughs> the Food was great Nick was just Over the top In that restaurant Because it was like A little Mexican restaurant yeah, He was yeah. just You know Being Nick And we like At certain points We had to look at him And like dude Shut the fuck up We're not gonna get Kicked <laughs> out of here Okay
2: It's not like We're leaving In the next couple hours Yeah <laughs> So no that that one and then um what was there was another big
0: like significant event that happened on tour that kind of it's a funny, it was uh, funny, but it's, it's something dude, that else. happened. that
2: was bro. That was when it was Nick's birthday and we got him trashed. Yeah,
0: oh, dude. Yeah, because he was talking in that fake, like, African accent. Yeah. And he had some people there, like, legitimately convinced he was from South Africa. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then he would go in a serious, like, back to normal, like, no, I'm from Benson. And then he couldn't lose the accent. It just went straight back. And the guy's like, I fucking told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're rolling the whole time. Oh, yeah. He got so wrecked that night. Dude, I remember man. that was fun. Dude, that's what... Yeah, because my dad came out and I remember we just got off stage because we went on before Interfaith. Yeah. And then we got off stage. I'm all sweaty wearing the white dirt bag shirt and then this girl comes up, I want your shirt. And I was like, well, we got like plenty of them over there. Yeah, because didn't you walk up like I'm sitting at the
0: merch table talking to your dad or something and you walk up without a shirt on and you yeah. like, what the, what the <laughs> fuck happened? And it's like, this chick just bought my shirt. And I was like, okay 10 bucks fuck it
2: (laughs) (laughs) wanted me to sign it and then she literally went up to my dad and was like oh that's your son he's like yeah i'm gonna fuck your son and she was married with three kids i'm like i'm out fuck you (laughs) yeah i remember and then in in mexico too when we went down to ap yeah
0: some Some, dude in the crowd took your hat yep my cabrones hat yeah (laughs) didn't you leave with a batman hat though yeah i
2: throw it away (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know what the dude had i'm like yeah that's fair so, but that was a fun show. Agua Pieta. Yeah, and, yeah, it was a good time. And then, um, what else? God, I know, like, the fun shows we had were always on tour, except for Odessa. Both times I played there, it was just miserable. Yeah. Uh, nobody showed up. They didn't promote the show right. And, like, and the bartender and everything, that second time we went there, you weren't with us at that time, but, like, he. like oh we didn't even know there was a show and so we hit up the booking agent like what the fuck dude and he's all like i swear they agreed i was like that's cool but didn't something
0: like that happen when we were on tour with sugar sugar too yeah yeah
2: that was uh san antonio
0: i remember because the venue was right next to a little record store
2: yeah that was san antonio and we showed up there and the venue's locked yeah and the lady came out i didn't know there was a show and we ended up calling uh i forgot what the booking agent was but I called him, and he ended up showing up that night. And we're yeah, like, I remember that guy. Because he put like, us up in a
0: hotel for the night, too. Yeah,
2: Frankie. Um, we called him up, and we're like, dude, they're saying the venue's closed. There's no shows tonight. And Sugar Suga and Unda just rolled up, and we're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then they ended up throwing something
0: together, which played, like, to
2: an empty house. Yeah. So, well, they had a little bit of a crowd, but it wasn't enough to sit.
0: Yeah, it wasn't... I don't even think we set up a merch table that night.
2: Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah, we ended up selling a couple shirts and all that good stuff. But it wasn't, like, enough to justify the trip down there. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when the van on the way to Tyler, Texas, had popped my head... In Tyler, and then we had an axle seal that just blew on us. Yeah. We had to get that fixed the next morning.
0: (laughs) We spent like a, we spent, we were in Tyler overnight. Like, we were just going to play and then dip, and then we ended up getting a hotel for the night because we didn't have a choice.
2: And nothing was open on the weekend, so me and Brake were like, we found a mom and pop shop. We're like, dude, we got to wake up early and get this done. Yeah. (laughs) So me and Brake had no sleep, and we're just like, (laughs) and then we're like, all right. And then by the time the car got done, I think my dad let us stay in the room because they had a, some bike event going on for his MC. Yeah. And then uh we we're like, alright, cool, and then we bounced. Came back, got the trailer, got you and Gabe, and then we took off. And then uh Yeah, then we went to Abilene and we got a two hundred dollar guarantee, so that kinda helped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude. And then uh Austin was the last show that was Dirty Dogs, I think. I remember that venue. Yeah, that one was a cool venue. That was a There's cool. the homeless place. lady and eat uh The guy, the bass player from Sugar Sugar was messing with her in the British accent. Yes, I
0: remember that. Because she was like, we were loading up in the alley and she was spouting all kinds of crazy crap. And like, they were kind of like poking the bear a little bit. Yeah. And we were so afraid that she was going to whip out a switchblade or something on us.
2: (laughs) Well, I remember CJ coming in because he went and grabbed the van. He's like, bro, we need someone watching the van. I'm like, why? And he's all like, dude, there's a bunch of homeless. I'm like, okay, cool. Catch you, bro.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because
2: we parked like...
0: In a parking lot a little, like, almost a block away. Yeah. I remember, because we went, we parked, and then we walked to the venue. And then I had to go back to grab my backpack that had my, my mic and stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. And just walking back was terrifying. Because <laughs> after the sun went down, it's a whole different ball game over there, dude. Yes. I was scared, man. There's people walking around that, like, didn't exist an hour ago. Right. I was afraid I was going to lose a kidney just walking
2: to the van. Dude, right? Dude, but it was a – that was a fun tour, but, like – It sucks. I popped my head. Yeah. I had to borrow the other bass player's head. And I was like, you can use my cab. Just, you know, I need your head. Because you had that giant ass cab that's like as big as a fridge. Of course you still have it. Yeah, the casket. Yeah. Or the refrigerator. Yeah,
0: dude, that thing was massive. (laughs) At a certain point, you started laying it down on the side.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Bro. So, but, yeah, and then, dude, that was, like, a fun tour. We got to meet some good people, and then, I mean, it just, all in all, like, touring and everything, like, I enjoyed it. It Yeah, despite
0: the the BS that we went through with the promoters and just, you know, being in the different cities and whatnot, touring was a lot of fun. Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) I, you know, even, you know, the nights where you get little to no sleep. Yeah. You know, just traveling and doing things, and you know being able to see stuff like I I have albums on my Facebook of every tour that we did every time we traveled out of state
2: meeting new people yeah having so
0: much fun and doing things like even though we didn't get to do um like remember we stopped one day to go see the Alamo
2: oh yeah we had to pay to get in we're like fuck yeah we didn't do it
0: (laughs) but we dipped out anyway and then we ended up going when we made that um that show that got canceled last second and we oh, made that, that detour in Arlington, and we spent like two hours just chilling over there at uh, Dimebag and Vinnie Paul's graves. Yeah, Bucky's yeah, was yeah. that night, but we went over there because we stopped because I went with Eric, and after we got because the venue was like um, it was like a biker bar, wasn't it? Yes. Like we got to the venue and we were scared because it looked like we were gonna die, but the inside of it was all pirate themed. Yeah, and it yeah. looks super cool. And we told the guy and they're like, yeah, no, the show was canceled, but he gave us like 150 bucks yep, so we could keep going. And we hung out there for a minute and I went with Eric and we walked around cause we had planned, we were going to go, we were going to go see, um, we were going to go see Dimebag's Grave. And while we were on that tour was when Vinnie Paul passed away. Yeah. So he was laid to rest there too. He just didn't have his crazy, you know, monolith headstone thing yet. Yeah. And I went with Eric and we walked around and we got some beer and, um, and we got some prime times. Or the the black and milds, not yeah, 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 yeah. because that's what um, that's what Diamond Vinny liked to smoke on when they smoked cigars. It was black and milds, and they drank Coors Light. So we got some Coors Light that's and some like black you and milds. Coors. <laughs> I did. I drink Dos Equis now. <laughs> drink but... <the> water. <laughs> <laughs> But, hey, the guys from Killswitch Engage drink Coors. So, suck a nut. Well, they have to stay hydrated something. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then we went down and we just hung out there for like two hours and we drank and we were smoking the cigars and just talking yeah. about like the impact of, you know, when we first heard Pantera and we heard Damage Plan and with everything that happened with Dime and, yeah. you know, seeing Vinnie Paul if we did. Like, I saw Vinnie Paul with Hell Yeah a couple of times. And we, we just, we hung out there for a little while and just kind of properly paid our respects to, to these two, like, titans of metal music. Right. And then later that night was when we went to Bucky's and got all fucked up on that fucking pulled pork because it was delicious. Eric was a crackhead. He was so, <laughs> oh, he was fiending for it so hard, man. But it was so good. Just being in Bucky's was funny because it was like a convenience store Costco. Oh, yeah. It was so huge. There was like 40 pumps and just like millions of souvenirs that no one would ever want. And
2: then just this barbecue pit Restaurant right. thing, right in the middle Dude, of it. That was so awesome, and it's funny because no semis are allowed to park there. Really, I found that out from my buddy Chris because he's a truck driver, and mm-hmm. he's all like, "Dude, Bucky's won't allow a semi to park on the lot." Because it takes up too much room and they're like... And it's only specifically for gas cars.
0: Okay. <clears throat>
2: so I was like, oh, well, that's kind of crappy. And they're like, no, they just don't want truckers to come in and trash the place. And That's fair. you get the messy truckers. I'm yeah. not saying they're all messy, but... But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, all right. I was like, but they would want some pulled pork sandwiches, man. Like Right, <laughs> they would. <laughs> <laughs> like, they need some good barbecue, bro. And then I remember my dad always telling me about the place. And then when Interfate finally took us there... All of us were just like This is so good Yeah no We, we were losing we, that, that place blew our minds Like that's yeah, how yeah. Like
0: uh, how, how not well traveled We were Yeah At that time <laughs> That like a big gas station Like blew our minds It was like the favorite place To go to Yeah
2: <laughs> We're in Texas Buckies. Yo, <laughs> dude, oh, dude, yeah.
0: I l- love that place. I want to go to Texas just to go to Bucky's. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm
2: going to Dallas, why? Well, I'm flying to go see Bucky's. Yeah.
0: I'm going to fly out to another state just to drive to a gas station just dude, to get a sandwich. Well,
2: my girlfriend just flew out there for Raytheon yeah. to do some stuff, and I told her, I was like, yo, you're going to be by the airport, right? She's like, yeah, go to Bucky's. Tell your co workers, go to Bucky's. Like, and I'm all like a crackhead at it. like, just go to Bucky's. <laughs> Tell
0: her to bring you back a sandwich. Yeah, I was
2: like, bring me the beaver nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like looking at me like what that's like trust me like I know you don't eat that much meat but like you got to go and try their food like it is amazing. It's a fucking gas station that's like a mini Costco. So she tried to convince him that they wouldn't do it and she was pissed and I was like ah whatever next time we go out there we'll go. So <laughs> like we'll make the attempt to go to Bucky. Do great. <laughs> So, but, and Israel decided one day to, like, snap a picture of, like, his barbecue sandwich from Bucky's because he was in the Dallas area. Yeah. Sent it to me, and he's like, hey, I got him in the mail for you. He's like, dude, I expect him in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Same day shipping, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, and last time I went to Bucky's, I snapped pictures and sent it to Break and Nick and everybody else, and they were like, motherfucker you're at bucky's aren't you
0: (laughs) no context needed just
2: new man yeah and they're like you're an asshole and i was like yes yes i am (laughs) it's like i got some beaver nuts for you guys you're like oh thank god do you still do remember um
0: the uh the drinking game that you told us all about after i joined yeah (laughs) You still do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Do you know how often I have thought about just randomly texting you Buffalo just to see what would happen?
2: I'll send a middle finger. (laughs)
0: Like, I'm going to do it one day, man. And if I catch you, and if I get a text message back that says you're a dick, I'm going
2: to know that I won. (laughs) Dude, yeah, that game, that's the first show that um, CJ played with us. Uh, when Hermes was in the band mm-hmm. I had all my army buddies show up and I just got back from I think Germany and shit and I learned the game and I lost horribly in Germany because <laughs> I forgot because <laughs> I was so messed up but like uh, I remember doing the show and no it was af- after before I went to Germany but like our, one of my battle buddies was like hey you want to play a game but if you're in it a- you're in it for life and I was yeah. like what's the game He's it's a- called Buffalo I'm like, alright, well explain it to me And he's like, so and he gave me the details On the whole drinking aspect of it I was like, alright, cool So that night, that's when Gabe was saying How messed up he was Because Emma, my ex, was with me And got done doing this big old show And it was CJ's birthday The place was packed mm-hmm. First show playing with us It was like 100 plus people in the venue <coughs> And we were the opening act mm-hmm. So and So we got Really good response from him him being the guitar player yeah so that end of the night we packed up we left and uh cj was the only sober one in the felt bad for him but he was the only sober one in the in the van and my ex at the time was a little sober she was buzzed but she wasn't yeah up. but me Gabe, and Aramis were so fucking annoying <laughs> we stopped at whataburger or someplace to get some food and there's only one person running it and we're sitting there talking shit the whole time we spent like an hour and a half in this line trying to order food and cj just like you guys are fucking annoying <laughs> We're like, fuck you, man, we're fucking drunk <laughs> But since then, that Buffalo game, dude, it just carried on And then, I mean, I think Interfates involved with the No, uh, we got
0: them in it on that tour
2: Yeah, we got them involved And I remember Eric and Bubble saying, we're not drinking this tour I was like, the hell you're not, motherfuckers, you're on tour with us <laughs> Yeah, oh
0: no, yeah, they were
2: very set about not drinking And that lasted all of, like, one day Yeah, that was, like, a day I think it was El Paso, and they were like, really? And I'm like, no, you're drinking, dude shut up (laughs) and you're like okay but I'm on this diet. Fuck your diet. You're on tour. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, ever since then, every time we go on tour, or play with other bands. And-
0: Any time we played a show that gave us alcohol in general. Oh, dude. Because I think you told me about it, like, my first show. And oh, that was yeah. how you want to play a game? <laughs> if you play this game, you're in it for life. It's like, all right, let, what's what's up?
2: doesn't matter what you're drinking. It could be water, milk, Kool-Aid, <laughs> coffee. Slam a coffee. Oh, oh dude, dude. Uh, I had two battle buddies showed up to drill, and I see my buddy drinking with his right hand, I'm like, all right. Walked up, put my hand on his shoulder, he's like, what's up, buddy? I'm like, pretty good, man. And as soon as he took that sip, I was like, Buffalo. He's like, oh, man. (laughs) And then my buddy Gray was like, oh, that's gotta suck. And I see him in his right hand, he's just got a fresh cup of coffee. I was like, Buffalo. So the whole day, they were both like, (gasps) oh, dude. They are like, fuck you, Mir. It's like, got him. (laughs) That's great. I'm gonna
0: do that one day, dude. One day I'm gonna text you that just to see what's gonna oh, happen. Oh,
2: dude! I'd probably catch me like drinking a monster and be like, "Son of a bitch!" Slam it. You just see weird yeah. shit. Yeah, that'd be great. You'd be but. like butterflies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So the last thing I want to touch on, you know, before we call it here, was um, the overall, uh, I guess, train wreck that was my final show. Okay. With Fireglass. Because <laughs> leading, leading up to that, um, it's funny that you're working with A Liar Like You. Because I was actually talking to John while I was still with Fireglass and stuff. And we were working about um, trading off guest spots on upcoming yeah. tracks. You know, I was going to... He wanted me to feature on one of A Liar Like You's songs. And we were going to bring him on on one of our songs. Yeah. And we were just started working out the details for it when everything hit the fan.
2: Yeah, yeah. So...
0: So with that final show with Fireglass, I don't even think it was announced no. that it was going to be my final show. It was just it was at the House of Bards. Um, I hit that point where I just I knew I knew that I had become the weak link in the band. Like I'm not denying that at all. I know that I wasn't up to par. I was dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life that was really taking a toll on me. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to walk away altogether. I wanted to just. Take a break, but it, it was it was so relentless with everything that the only way that I was going to get a chance to decompress was to walk away. Yeah. So I made the choice to leave the band, and we had that one final show scheduled, and the whole night everything was cool. Yeah. You know, we got up sta- we got on stage, we played our set, everything was fine until the very
2: last song of the set. Shattered.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I still to this day I don't know. What happened?
2: You and me both, man. Cause that show, I mean to touch on like the weak link part, like we all knew you were going through personal stuff and everything. And it was kind of on me too, because I was pushing for more. Like, not, like, you, not you, for your vocal-wise, but it was more shows. You
0: pushed for more, yeah, but we all still agreed to it. Even yeah, after yeah. we said, Like, I, I talked to Gabe about this, you know. We, we all agreed we needed to take a break, but every time we got off at another show, everybody was like, yes, let's do it. Right. You know, none of us wanted to actually take break and as a result you know other we all had aspects of our personal lives suffer because of it you know Gabe had his issues with jobs I had my family you have your family you know we just we had a lot of stuff that was going on that we we didn't devote enough time to or at least I didn't devote enough time to and it was all kind of coming full circle for me and I just I needed to step away from a little bit and you know try to figure everything out try to salvage everything that I could in my personal life and it just, it wasn't feasible with the way that we were going because we had that level of, of, uh, of success that we had, you know, like yeah, what's yeah. done is done came out and blew us up. We had the labels looking at us. Yeah. We were, it was like, we were afraid of losing that moment. Like if we slowed down, we were just
2: going to lose it. Yeah. That was my biggest fear. It wasn't really like who was the weak link in the band. Cause if, if anybody was the weak link, it was honestly me because like, I don't write music. Like I could play it. I just can't write it. Mm-hmm. So, but At the same time, like, when it came to the business aspect, everything that I seen that was coming up, I was pushing for more. Yeah. So, and it was, like, when I confronted everybody before, I think the Metal of May show that we put on, it was, like, I just wanted to see where everybody stood. And it wasn't, like, physically attacking anybody or mentally. It was just more, like, I just need to know where people stand because if we're going to push forward, like, we have to go full force. Yeah. So that was my mentality because, like... The doors opened up, and we had a window, and I was like, we have to take it. So that was kind of on me, like, kind of pushing forward. Yeah. It was maybe being selfish or something because, like, I seen the opportunity and, like, I knew we had it. It Oh, yeah, no, we
0: we were definitely on the verge of something. You know, yeah. we were on the verge of, like, of legitimately breaking out. Yeah. And I know we had a few kind of run-ins with the situation before because there was a couple of times where CJ said he wanted to take a step back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's understandable for him. He was the youngest one of us. He was yeah. the only one of us that was a teenager, you yeah. know, uh, uh, being in the band. And what did he do? He worked, like, real estate or something?
2: Yeah, he was doing real estate, and he was working on... Uh, his own company for like maintenance, like yeah, but like improvement stuff. Doing doing the band
0: and everything was pretty much all he really knew. Yeah. So outside of Fireglass and whatnot, he didn't know what direction he wanted to go with his life. Yeah. You know, so it was completely understandable that he wanted to take a step back. But yeah, we still kept pushing, and you know, we we definitely we hit a point where it was like it was like a, a teeter totter, like yeah. it was a make or break kind of thing, and we were we were so close, we could taste. You know that one. You know we knew that we were on the verge of like that one perfect record deal that would allow us to to do this for a living, but we just we couldn't get to it quick enough.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those things that like when the shit happened, like you guys talked about before in the last podcast. What gave is that the tension grew yeah a lot because like you had me that was pushing for more, and then you had break kind of setting us up on a pedestal. Like, hey, we're here. We can't be down here. Uh, and then you had Gabe saying like, well, we need to write more music and then CJ not knowing what he wants to do. And and then obviously you had your personal stuff going on that we had no idea about because we don't really dig in each other's personal lives. Not too much. No. Yeah. yeah. So, but like a lot of it just clashed and when breaking, uh, Gabe started having issues with each other that kind of like started seeing the downfall of everything. Yeah. I feel like that brought (laughs) a lot to a head. Yeah. So, and then, um, What hurt the most is, like, you know, when people... Like, when you stepped out, and then when we brought another guy, and then CJ stepping out, and it was just like, holy shit. And then Gabe leaving, and it was just like, well, fuck, man. Like, it it is nerve-wracking. It it burns out really quick. But, like, at the same time, it's like, I'm here to play. I'm here to do music. Uh, But, like, the show, when the fight broke out, like all I remember from that is we're just killing it, having the mosh pit going. The show was great. And I think me and you are the only two on stage. Like we're in the, I think the bridge of the song. And it just goes quiet. And me and you just like look up because we're in the middle of headbanging and we're like, what the fuck is going on? And then like we see uh, CJ and Break trying to break up a fight. And next thing you know, Gabe's leaping into the fucking crowd. And like... And then we found out it was one of the band members, family members that uh, initiated the fight or whoever. They were friend. involved, like yeah, it we... was
0: centered around people who were like in our camp. And
2: yeah, we... I, I I remember,
0: you know, we were in it. We were doing good. It was awesome. And then like because it was it was over to the left side of the stage at the House of yeah, Barrett, just yeah. where our crowd was mostly. Yeah. And then I just I remember seeing something initially You know, like the beginning of something, I remember looking over that way and I remember seeing something between two people, but it didn't happen. It seemed to come to resolve itself, so we left it alone. And then it just all hell broke loose at the end. And I remember break just running and jumping in. CJ threw off his guitar and ran in. And then when Gabe saw what was going on, he jumped in. Right. And then it was just you and me were just... standing (laughs) on stage like
2: what the fuck happened yeah we were dumbfounded like what just happened and And
0: it it seemed like everything that had been bubbling underneath the surface you know internally between everybody just came to a head there was a lot of just arguing back and forth and it, it looked to be like at that moment that that was the end of a fireglass as a whole cuz when when everything you know was calming down ish and you know the house of bard staff was kicking everybody out yeah. everybody that was involved you know we were packing up our stuff um Mike from Mission G cuz they played that show with us that night he kept coming up to us and he was kept coming up to me and he's like dude it looks like your band is done and i was like honestly man i have no fucking clue what's <laughs> happening at this point
2: that was the same way i was like dude i all i know is there was a fight yeah <laughs> like, Cause I didn't see what happened Cause Ray was on my side of the stage And mm. I think when I was headbanging I looked up for like a split second He was gone So cause he jumped in To help split everybody up Yeah And But What got the attention really quick Is like I think it was Break and Gabe Turned on each other
0: Yeah And the band
2: started fighting and we are just like Whoa 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 Like what the hell's going on And like And then uh There was like a huge animosity Against each other And we are just like And I remember I stayed quiet That whole night and it took Gabe the, to, I think, I just let everybody cool down for a couple of days. And I think when I talked to Gabe, when we all sat down that one night, and I was like, yeah, dude, like, and I looked at him and was like, you remember Cincinnati? And he's like, yeah, I was like, I was at that point with you. Because like, the way he came across and came at me, and I was just like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And I walked away. <laughs> and because uh, I think Emma was telling me, he was like, well, Matt won't say anything and that and this. And she told him, like, well, he's pretty fucking pissed. Like, you might want to leave him alone. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. but, I mean, it was, all the stuff that was going on, all this shit that was happening, like, like you said, with all the stuff that we were doing, I think it just finally came about and just blew yeah, up. Yeah, this was, this so. was the
0: result of not taking... I think at least in part, it was the result of us just not taking the time necessary to chill in between everything. We were doing a lot. We did, I think, three or four tours when I was with you guys. A year, yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We did a lot of touring. We played shows every weekend. We were in and out of the studio constantly, but we only ever had the EP to show for it you know yeah. we we kept saying we needed to take a break and you know just focus on being in the studio cuz we wanted to put out a full length or another EP and we never did like we just kept going relentlessly so it's like it's a cautionary tale yeah. of you if you feel like you're getting burnt out you need to take a moment and you need to just kind of You need to step back and you need to give yourself time to decompress because we always said, always around the holidays too, you know, we're going to take the holidays off. We're just going to spend time with our families. We'll get together at like your place and just get hammered and chill as homies. But like none of it ever happened. We just kept getting offered shows and we just kept taking the offers. Well it's like
2: shows we couldn't well we could have turned it down, but at the same time when I mentioned the band name, whoever we we're playing with, everybody's like, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, like, I mean, usually
0: I we were getting we were getting offered some pretty some pretty big things, you know. Yeah. And we did we did get to have a lot of really cool opportunities, you know, throughout Everything You know, one of my goals as a musician, because so I've, I've been in the music scene since I was 18. Yeah. You know, I started off playing my bass guitar. I wasn't even a vocalist. I didn't want to be a vocalist. I just wanted to play bass. Right. And, you know, over the years of going and just growing in the music scene, I wanted to do things like, you know, like I wanted to play at the Rialto. Because of the bands I've seen there, we've played there numerous times. Yeah, you know, we played at the Marquee up in Phoenix. That I've was seen... an honor. <laughs>
2: that Sound system was so good. Oh man, it was fantastic.
0: <laughs> but going, going and playing up at the, like the Marquee at Phoenix, where I've seen a Dater member, I've seen Breaking Benjamin, I've seen Killswitch Engage. and Gage, You see, know, on that right. on that stage, and you know, being able to be on that stage ourselves. You know, we we did a lot. The music video, we did the tour, we had the labels. Like, it was it was a crazy three years. But I feel like we lived so much during yeah. that three-year period. We did so much, and we accomplished so much that a lot of bands, especially from a little shithole town like Tucson, <laughs> right. you know, other than like maybe Pyro and Lethal, when you know everything affiliated with Lethal, like Stands with Fist yeah. and whatnot, not many bands get to that level that we are there. That, that we
2: that we were at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, because it was like us, Lethal, Deadwin, Because I helped Deadwin out. Deadwin was picking up steam pretty big, yeah. and then Pyro was getting up there. Yeah, a liar like you, because Rudy hit me up for you know putting them on shows, and I was like, and I told Rudy Strata out like before, I was like, dude, if Axel was still with you, I wouldn't book you. <laughs> He's like, what? And I'm like, long story. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but um we got a liar like you, like me playing bass for him now. Whenever they get things rolling again, and then i mean but a liar pyro us lethal deadwind like stands with fists like you can't really touch those guys because of jonathan russell uh az world burns now i think they're up and coming pretty big with oh yeah jonathan yeah he's doing a lot with them too so like i mean these are the people that kind of like in my eyes take it seriously and like hey we're not just here as a local band like we're doing stuff with it yeah and a lot of people don't understand that because I don't know if you've talked to people, but everybody's like, oh, when you're on tour, you're on vacation. And I was like, it's not a vacation. No, it is not. I did hear that in the beginning. And then after living it, like I know it is not a fucking yeah, vacation. Everybody, you have vacation moments. Yeah. Like when you have a day off, you're like, oh, I get to sleep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, it's far from a vacation.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, these are the bands that I know that understand like the lifestyle that they're going to walk into. Oh, yeah. And... The a lot of people don't understand that, and that's why I think the way Pyro came up and everybody else has come up that we know that are pretty solid with each other, understand that, and that's when the pressure of more and more comes on because you're like, well, fuck, like I don't want to stay in Tucson. I need to get the fuck out. Yeah. Then you start hitting up Phoenix, and then you get the name in Phoenix, because as you can tell, when you came on board, we had always had a crowd in Phoenix. Mainly because I sold a lot of tickets up there, but yeah. when our name gets thrown out, people show up, and we have no idea. You've witnessed it where people are like, I heard about you guys, and your name popped up, you're playing the show, so I showed up. Yeah. So, and I'm like, oh, fuck, alright, cool. <laughs> so, we knew we were on the right track, it's just the pressure of everything, and it, I take blame for it, man, because like I pushed everybody to be better, to do, even myself playing... Uh, making sure everything's corrected and ready to go, touring, booking shows. It's just, it's a nightmare in one. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of everything, even though the band kind of collapsed, it was just like, you know, we did it. We have amazing stories to tell people. Oh, yeah. So, regardless if uh, Fireglass continues or not, because I honestly don't know what the faith is in Fireglass right now, mm-hmm. besides me and Break and Sean. We still need a drummer and we still need a guitarist yeah so but at the same time like once we land that and we get the music start pumping then we know eventually that's gonna happen because mm-hmm. we got signed haven't used it <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the like what we talked about the stress of everything is what brought everything out and
0: you, you, I, I think it, it's something that you see with like you know all these young kids who get famous on doing shit, on like the tick, on TikTok and whatnot. Like you, you, they get wrapped up in it like you know so quick, and if you don't manage it properly. It's going to make yeah, or break yeah. you. And we had a lot of going on, you know, with us in the very beginning. But I think a lot of it, not to like, you know, toot my own horn here, but I think a lot of our like initial success was because of what's done is done.
2: Yeah, no, that, it is like that's the main song that got us recognized. You know,
0: that was that was our biggest. It was our biggest song. People people gravitated well to our music as a whole. But there was something about that song in particular that people absolutely loved. And I think because of that song, it's what got labels, you know, looking at mm-hmm. us. It's what got Rascal to, you know, to play so many shows with us. It's what got, yeah. probably what got, like, Sean interested. And, yep. you know, that song, that song opened
2: up so many doors for us. Oh, yeah, easily. There, there was that song, and then uh, Red Rung, uh started catching on yeah. really quick. And me and Gabe finished that song, because, like, I remember at practice, and... CJ had the hook but we were like trying to figure out where to go and I remember him leaving frustrated then you and break took off and then me and Gabe were just sitting and I was like dude because I was trying to tell CJ what I had in my head like mm-hmm. hey this is what I was thinking and uh, when he left I was like well me and Gabe I was like hey dude I had an idea this is what I was doing and then that's when me and Gabe finished Red Room. I remember that yeah and, yeah and then I, I was all proud I was like yeah I wrote something <laughs> <man>. like <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> yeah. But Gabe was there to help me out with the notes and like put it together, like, well, this is the key, so we'll play this, this, and this, and we started doing it, and he's like, dude, this is it, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then uh, once we started playing that song, what's done is done in red rum started taking effect because it was our party song that yeah. was about murder. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I don't know if a lot of people
0: picked up on that beyond the title, but yeah, red rum <laughs> lyrically contextually is about just, you know, getting drunk and having a good time at a party, but everything is all innuendo or metaphors for murder. Yep.
2: Yeah. It was a good time. Uh, that was a hard song for me to write. Yeah. that was, it was the Shining, bro. Come yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, after that, dude, that started picking up. And then the label that ended up picking up Fireglass, it was What's Done Is On a Red Rum. I think it was mainly Red Rum that caught it really quick. Mm-hmm. And then um, then we started writing when we got Besh in the band and uh, Matt as a drummer. Uh, we started writing new material and we started getting everything, but we could never finish it because of COVID. And then we had issues with the new vocalists, which I'm not going to go over <laughs> about. But, uh, once we got everything going, and then when Sean came in the band, we had two members that left right away, and we were mm-hmm. just like, fuck, man, like, I was like, all right, well, now we gotta regroup. <laughs> I remember, I don't
0: know sure. if you saw or anything, because I, I talked to Nate for on and off for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I follow his, his other project and stuff, because he was, he was cool, I remember working with him and talking with him back in the day, oh, yeah. um, I remember once, because I have screenshots of it on my phone just because it made me feel better. Right. That he made a post about how he wanted me to come back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, we all kind of felt the same, dude. I mean, Break, on the other hand, had a little bit uh, different direction he wanted to take. So, I was like, okay. But uh, me and Besh and were just like, dude, like, I'm down with bringing him back. and But, obviously, you know, the democracy, we all have to vote. Yeah. So and then um but when I talked to you about it I think you were like you weren't ready to, to come back oh and yeah no I was, no, like, I, was
0: right. I had stepped away from music altogether and I hadn't done anything for
2: I think like two or three years yeah so and I understood I was like alright cool well like and then now we're just cause when Nate left the band um he caught me off guard just showing up one day picked up his stuff and mm-hmm. like hey I'm done dude and uh, kind of pulled an Hermes on us Where he didn't want to do a show that we had booked mm-hmm. And I was like, are you sure? So I had to reach out to Rudy from A Liar Like You To do the January show and Because uh, that, that's when we had Sean come out And Matt yeah. was cool enough He's like, I'll finish out the show dude. Just uh, He's like, if you need help, I can help But I can't do permanently and Yeah. I'm like, alright, cool So at least we have someone that knows the material That's willing to jump on board and help us out When we need it So, but I think right now we're just kind of like chilling, relaxing, we're waiting till Sean's personal stuff gets taken care of. And then we should be jumping back on board by next year and hopefully get everything rolling. So, yeah. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> so
0: but, we'll see down the road if we got, because Beneath just finally got like a stable, supposedly a stable drummer. Cool. You know, we've been looking for a drummer for a while. We, Slowly filled it out where it was just me and Jesse, yeah. and now we have a bass player who I think we're we're borrowing him from Thea's Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just got a drummer that they they just started working with them and whatnot. So if that lasts and whatnot, and if we play, because I don't I don't want to play shows like too much, yeah. you know, anymore. I feel like in my personal personal bleh, personally, <laughs> I feel like I got to live that rock star fantasy. You yeah. know, we toured. I got hammered in a bunch of different states. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I lived that lifestyle for a little while. I still want to pursue to pursue music, but, you know, I've got, like, other goals in life that I'm working yeah. towards now and stuff. So I, I do want to play shows. I do miss being on stage. But I don't really want to go in it as relentlessly as I used to. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe we'll see down the road of just if I can get – because Jesse, Jesse won't do – he won't – yay or nay a show unless I say so
2: yeah he'll
0: he'll find something and bring it up to me and if I'm down for it we'll do it if I'm not okay with it then you know he won't
2: But I would say keep it minimum dude and just like eventually you'll grow to be like alright I want to do more
0: yeah but, I mean I, I want to focus on building everything out you yeah. know because like, we have the EP we. I want us to do I want to be more active on socials with it but I have nothing to post on socials with it um, you know, I want to get back in the studio again. We've got to do a music video and yeah. stuff. Like, there's a lot of other aspects of the of Beneath that I'm trying to build up.
2: <clears throat> well, it's like what CJ said, man. Like, focus on the writing, do a couple videos, promote it Yeah. before you even play that first show. That way, when people see your guys' videos, they're like, oh, Beneath, okay, cool. And they'll come out and do it. So, like... Dude, there's always going to be shows there's oh yeah no for sure and especially once you put your foot in that door you're going to get called constantly about like hey we want you to come back out and it's just like that's when yeah. you have to be like yeah we can do it or now nah, we're just gonna hold off because that was my mistake i was like yeah we'll do it and yeah we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's flood tucson and go to phoenix let's do it yeah come on. <laughs> so but in that perspective man it was just build your guys' product first because I think that's where Fireglass had the problem first was we didn't build the product. Like, people knew us as a stage band. No, yeah, we were playing shows before we
0: had material to sell. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, and that was, like, my fault. It was just like, yeah, let's play shows, let's play shows. But CJ was mainly like, well, let's do this, let's do that. I was like, fuck no, let's do this, let's do this. (laughs) And, but, at the same time, like, it makes sense and I never realized it until, like, a couple years back. And I was just like, damn, I fucked up. <laughs> so, but live and learn, man. Live, yeah, that's right. That's all it is. Cool. So. All
0: right, yeah. man. Well, it was good to see you again, Matt. Oh, yeah. It's been a fucking, it's been a minute. And we'll have to get together for drinks or something sometime whenever you're, uh, whenever yeah. you're available.
2: <laughs> just not on the, well, as long as I'm not drinking too heavy. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure something out, dude. But, uh, is there anything that you want to plug real quick before you dip? Uh, no, nah, just... Keep an eye out. Fireglass will eventually be coming back. We're just, you know, taking a really long break.
0: (laughs) So keep an eye out for the future of Fireglass. Make sure to check out A Liar Like You and Deadwin, and then find your... uh...
2: Well, the project, we don't have a name for it yet. Well, yeah, that other project
0: that I may or may not be doing guest vocals on. Yeah,
2: we're called The Nobodies. (laughs) The
0: Nobodies. (laughs) (laughs) And then make sure to check out uh, the T-Town graphics on Facebook and all that good stuff. And, you know... Go bug them for all of your graphical anything. What all is right. it? What do you do? T-shirts, T-shirt, hats, hats,
2: the screen printing. We'll, we'll embroider cowboy boots. Embroider you know. cow. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: do all that. You know anything you need, anything like that. Go to T Town Graphics, and Matt'll hook you up. Just tell him that Riders Block sent you. There you go. So, all right, man. Well, it was a great chat, Matt. I appreciate you coming and hanging out, even though it was so fucking
2: early in the morning. Hey, I gotta work. <laughs> <laughs> You told me it was fine. <laughs> I did. I agreed to it. You're right, man. So,
0: but all right. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this conversation. Keep an eye out for more and keep it tuned right here on Writer's Block. All right. Another episode of Riders Block is in the books. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Matt. I had a great time talking to him I really enjoyed picking his brain on a lot of the issues and you know stuff within the band and just learning what he's been up to since I left because I hadn't really seen or talked to him I think since I quit the band like three four years ago five now maybe I don't know however long it's been point is it's been a minute and I was really glad to be able to talk to him again like I said in the intro to the show he wasn't one of the original scheduled guests that I have one of the the people that I have on the list of of people to be on the show But he had expressed interest and I really wanted to talk to him and get his take on everything. So it was a good time. So I hope everybody enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to follow all of the projects that he's a part of. Is it A Liar Like You, Deadwin, um, when he announces his new project? And make sure to check out T-Town Graphics on Facebook and go to them for all of your graphical, t-shirty, hat, screen, uh, whatever needs. (laughs) I might be working with him here in the not-too-terribly-distant future to set up merch. For this podcast and for my various musical projects that I have going on. So next week, I'm going to take a break from a guest. And because I got his okay to do so, and I think Gabe too, um, I am going to do a lyrical breakdown of the song that put Fireglass uh, on the map, so to speak. That made us one of the, the, one of the bigger uh, up-and-coming local bands here in the scene around the time. I am going to do a lyrical breakdown of What's Done Is Done. I will talk about what my thought process was with it because that song was originally only me. We added Break in another song after the fact. Talk about my my more about my uh, my experience with the uh, the recording process all three times that we recorded it, the music video, you know, all this stuff. Everything that went into creating that song, everything that went into making that song what it is, everything that I did because that song centered around what I wanted to write. So, that's going to be a fun one too. I'm really looking forward to diving into that. I'll probably be looking at some older fireglass music too here in the future after as well. But so yeah, so stay tuned for that. So, everybody stay safe out there. Be cool to each other and as always keep it tuned right here on Riders Block. Just...